I can't get it to refresh. God. There we go. This is my sleep. We got some new heroic intro music coming. It is our 100th episode, after all. Thank you, guys, for composing that. I I thought you were putting that to a vote first. We are indeed not a robot, and it is indeed our 100th episode. Believe it or not, I can't believe that we have been through 100 episodes already. Kind of blows my mind, man. Doesn't feel yeah. like it's been going on that long. Yeah. It's been a fun year, I must say. Has indeed. <laughs> it's been kind of cool uh, being able to talk to people about comics, man. I got to tell you. My area... Um, Comics is probably, yeah, nobody talks about it. No one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, glad to have you guys here with me today on such a monumental occasion. Yes. <laughs> uh, happy to be here. All right. Um, I guess. Uh, I guess we will. Kind of start off with just talking about this week's books, huh? There were a lot that came out this week. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It was, um, I, I don't know if I was just in a really, really good mood this week or not, but uh, um, I kind of stayed above above my typical. <laughs> average there my my average threshold of like a 7.5 i i i I got quite a few above that this week Mm -hmm. was it just me or was it the books that was a pretty good week i gotta say yeah i felt pretty good yeah even the i might be jumping the gun like aquaman and flash void song like it's a strong start Mm-hmm. compared to the last Aquaman team up with Green Arrow, which also was kind of a strong start and then very quickly fell off. This being only oh, three yeah. issues, though, hopefully it uh, stays yeah. strong. It's, um... <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be very hard to not do better than Deep Target. Yeah. It would be, oh, man that was at, oh i couldn't i there was not a single issue that i liked not one that i liked i know you guys were a little bit more forgiving on it but i that, that oh i mean was it just me i really liked it but that was oh, did that you? was just my opinion yeah yeah see i don't for, i don't get to remember that kind of stuff anymore so um Dang, that's how do you feel about Void Sun? Well, I guess we'll get to that, won't we? Yeah, we should. Um, uh, <laughs> we, should uh, we should get to those eventually. All right. Uh, first, I don't know if you guys got a chance to read every issue this week. I did. I guess it kind of felt like I was. Um, it, the, my, the time breezed by reading every single issue, just about. Just yeah. about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, Three that we don't usually cover, or well, rather, uh, two that we don't usually cover, and uh, 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 
special number one that came out duo number two dudes i really really did oh before before we get into that we should probably talk about some some news do you guys have any news oh oh shoot yeah Yeah. no no, i do not yeah my bad rob how about you i know there was something that i'm trying to pull it up (laughs) (laughs) yeah um what do you got brandon uh, a couple things. None of them related to DC, um, but just just some stuff that I flagged that that was really interesting. Um, the first one, uh, IGN announced a new book from the Birthright team, Josh Williamson and Andre Bresson, called Dark Ride. That is right. a combination of a horror title and um, a theme park title, which I don't think I've ever read a book about a theme park. So already it's it's got an interesting hook to, to get me there. Um, but I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this one because, uh, you know, we, we give Williamson a lot of crap from time to time. Um, some of us well, more than I others. do. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I, Birthright was, it was just a really fun book. It was, it was one of those books that um, every time I would get a new trade of it, I would just breeze through it, um, you know, within an hour. And I don't mean that in the like it was very little content. I mean, I was just I was so engaged in the story. It was really easy to get through. Um, so it was 50 issues that didn't feel like a 50 issue slog. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. I don't know if it's going to be a mini series or an ongoing, but it seems like, you know, they're, they're really excited about it. And, um, for, for anyone who's familiar with Birthright or Nailbiter or Ghosted or any of, of Williamson's other works, I always get the feeling that he felt more comfortable when he was doing independent books. Like he could kind of be himself a little bit more because he's talked, uh-huh. you know, pretty extensively about being a huge DC fan. And that definitely shows. Um, but every time I've read some of his creator-owned stuff, he always feels like he's he can stretch a little bit more. It's it's not as awkward at times, um, which I always really liked. So check that one out. It's coming out in September, um, and it should be really interesting. Um, They're always a lot more cohesive too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just it seems like he's he's having more fun. Um, yeah. Yes. The, the so second it's one. Like more of him in it. Yeah, the, the more personality, I would say, yeah. But the second one, also another kind of new announcement, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino continue their Boneyard Orchard Mythos universe of books uh, this September with a new installment in the universe called 10,000 Black Feathers. Uh, for fans who are curious about this new universe of horror, the first original graphic novel uh, in the Boneyard Orchard Mythos, The Passageway, came out this week. Um, it's about 96 pages, give or take. Um, and it's a really good introduction into the universe. Um, I was a little mixed on it, um, but I, I do think it serves as a good uh, introduction into what Lemire and uh, Sorrentino are doing with this new universe. And I think for fans of Gideon Falls, it's definitely worth your time. Um, and then I, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I've just been reading a ton of like books from cartoonists lately. And when I say cartoonists, I mean people who are writing and drawing their own stories. So. I've been reading a ton of, of Dreadstar and uh, John Sable Freelance and um, like uh, um, I'm reading Department H from Matt Kent and like a bunch of just work from cartoonists. So um, I figured I'd highlight two new books that, that came out recently that are definitely worth your time from, from cartoonists. One being Lonesome Hunters from Tyler Crook, which came out this week, um, today actually, or yesterday actually. Um, and that's Tyler Crook going solo. And I was pretty excited for this one because Tyler Crook is, is so amazing. Um, and he just puts so much painstaking love into all of his stuff that it's it's always really impressive um, to see him, him churn out a new project. Um, so to see that he was like 
he was being the powerhouse this time and he was writing and drawing and painting and lettering and pretty much doing everything except edit the book, which is really impressive. So Lonesome Hunters, number one, is definitely worth your time. And I, I read it last night and I had a lot of fun. Um, and I'll then, check that one out. Yeah, The Collector 731 from Will Conrad. Um, I guess technically he's he's co-writing the script with a person I've never heard of named Rod Montero. Um, but this one also appears to be, you know, most of, of most of the work from Will Conrad. So um, definitely really uh, impressive stuff there. Um, I haven't caught up on the latest issue, uh, but the first two issues were, were pretty cool. So uh, definitely check those out. And that's all I have. Uh, I don't have any DC news, but those are just the things that were, uh, I thought, worth sharing for this week. So. Yeah, I didn't manage to scoop up any DC news myself either. It's uh, been a little busy around here. Plus, I guess I made time to read all the comics. <laughs> but um, uh, speaking of which, oh, the the uh, the new logo for the uh, Detective Comics and the right. Action Comics. Those are both pretty sick. Yeah. Surprised me that it was Darren Robertson that 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 drew those. Um, Certainly wasn't expecting him to be the logo guy. I thought it was Evan Cagle, but I, I was mixing it up with uh, something else. Evan Cagle does the covers, I think, um, not the not the logo. But it kind of looked like it. Mm -hmm. I think he did the design for, I want to say it's called Strange Skies over East Berlin, or uh, one of the books at Boom Studios. And it kind of looked like that, um, but it was not him. Ah. Uh. Well, um, yeah, go ahead, Rob. No, I was saying right on. Yeah, I, I thought there was a book announcement this week. I had it in my head there was, but I can't find one, so. I don't know. Yeah, not that I know of. I might just be confusing it with the September solicits, because those came out since we last recorded. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although right now I can't remember any of those either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, I mean, guess speaking of comic books, we can talk about uh, the ones we've got this week. Yeah. I will briefly mention um, three that I thought were outstanding. We're not, I guess, going to really get into them. But uh, duo number two, man, like I said, I, I really, really dig this. It's like it's science. It's, it's ma magic. It's superheroes all in one character or like all in all in one characters. Uh, it's really good storytelling. The art is badass. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with it, it's a brand new original milestone title. And in my personal opinion, it seriously kicks ass. I did either one of you guys check it out because I, I gave this sucker a nine out of ten. Man, I mean, I loved it. Yeah, I liked it. I don't know that I liked it as much as some of the other milestone books, but. Um, it was definitely stronger than the first issue, I thought. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll at least keep reading this one and see you know, where it goes from here. Yeah. It's a it's a really cool new idea as far you know as far as what's going on in the book for sure. Yeah, <coughs> yeah I've not had a chance to read it myself. I'm still behind on all my milestone reading, but it's definitely something I want to get to because it looks pretty interesting. Um, next up, I have Fables number one fifty two. I gave this one an 8.5. Um, 8.5. Uh, if you aren't sure whether or not you should jump into this, you should. It's 100% certifiably delightful. 
Um, I feel like there was not a beat skipped from where 150 left us. And um, I'm serious here. You don't need to read the first 150 issues of Fable to know what the hell's going on. Um, you can pick up this issue. You can pick up 152 and run. Um, just read some wikis. And uh, you wouldn't be mad at yourself if you did it, though. I mean, seriously, it's it's an awesome story. 152 issues in, and I still love everything about the Fables universe. Did either one of you yeah. guys check that one out? I've never really, I don't know, I've never really had the interest to read Fables. It's it's like the... No? It's that that <laughs> and, and I think Sandman are like... Um, um, they're like the scary Vertigo titles for me, where I, I just I see them and I'm like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Like I, I've I've read like all the other classics, Hundred Bullets, Preacher. I'm I'm like a I'm like a Vertigo basic bitch, except I just I I'm too scared to to read Fables because it looks too long, and Sandman because I read Preludes and Nocturnes and I was kind of bored. Um, but one oh, day no. I'll, I'll finish. No. Um, sorry. <laughs> I feel like it's probably the bad thing to say on our hundredth episode, but if we forget, if we're laying oh, it no. all on the table, speaking the truth, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, I don't know. I, I I probably should revisit that. I one. guess you do have to be a fan of the genre. Yeah, well, I mean, I and, I, I and love the writing style. Yeah, I I love you know supernatural stuff. I love uh, well maybe some supernatural stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a supernatural joke. Um, but uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I read it that first time, and maybe I was just in a bad way. But it was it was just kind of it wasn't it wasn't really connecting with me in the way that I thought it would. But I, I've heard from Sandman fans who have, have have berated me for not finishing the series that apparently the first one is like the worst one, and then everything gets better from there. So maybe I just have to keep pushing myself. I just I haven't found the effort to do it yet. Oh, I love the whole freaking universe, dude. Yeah. Like every series seriously books of magic house of whispering it doesn't matter i'll read it the dreamy give it give it give it give it <laughs> um uh the last one is uh somebody's got some serious <laughs> echo going on nope. it might be me i thought i turned it down apologies but uh the last one i want to talk about was milestones in history Issue number one. It would be cool if there were more. Um, you know, I'm. I, you guys know I'm really not a fan of anthologies like at all. Um, but there was something about this like collection of short stories of history, just you know, done in the comics way that just made it really, really fun to read. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and the art was stellar throughout the whole fucking thing. Um, I love the one about Prince. <laughs> and uh, we find out that there is an upcoming Icon versus Hardware book, which is just got to be nuts. Uh, that one got a 9 out of 10 for me too, man. If I had a chance, it would yeah. probably be a 9 out of 10 for me as well. Yeah, yeah I've not had a chance to read this one yet, so... Oh, it was it it was really cool, man. It covered a lot of different people in history and uh, made it a really fun read, not boring at all. Which I think, well, hell, they even stated right in the book, uh, Static and and, and Icon and and uh, Rocket that it, they were going to tell stories about history and it wasn't going to be boring. And they were right; they told the truth. 
<laughs> but uh, I guess uh, you guys ready to start up and swing that spotlight on over to something? Yeah, yeah let's do it. All right. Uh, I got Aquaman and Flash Void song. Colin Kelly wrote it, uh, Jackson Lansing and Vasco Yoriev. Georgiev. Georgiev? Georgiev, yeah. Vasco Georgiev. Uh, They did the art. Colors came in from Rain Barredo, lettering from Troy Petiri and Jay Anaclito. And Barredo did the cover on that one. Um, While Barry's in the Speed Force, I still hear an echo. I got my volume down pretty low, too. Or is somebody watching us on YouTube? I am, but my volume's off. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, anyways, uh, while Barry's in the Speed Force and Arthur is at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, an alien invasion happens and mobilizes everything. Like, the whole world goes static even out on the watchtower, um, everyone, including the Justice League, their eyes are blacked out, which is really creepy, and they're singing a weird alien song that we don't get to see the lyrics to, which is also creepy. For some reason, I was picking up early 90s Tool music videos voice, uh, vibes <laughs> from this shit. I don't know what it was about it, but I was like, ah, this is some creepy shit. Uh, it, it's both interesting and weird as hell, but in a super duper good way um i'm i'm not really a fan of barry's voice here it feels like a mashup of barry and wally uh going back and forth between the through uh, between the two uh th- throughout the book but other than that this is it was really cool to, for me to see just these two interacting um you don't get to see that very often if at all um they're definitely not the best of friends they don't hate each other but they're they're you know canonically they're they're really not fans of one another um i i i thought this thing was bad i I mean it was really good 8.25 out of 10 man nice yeah jackson kelly and uh jackson kelly jackson lansing and and colin kelly and the, the duo i've been seeing a ton lately um ever since harbinger recently um and uh it's amazing how quickly you can you can turn around your career because before I think I knew these guys from like anthology titles and then they were the the poor bastards who had to wrap up Grayson and Green Arrow um, before <laughs> they both got canceled um, and both of them weren't very good so I was always kind of like eh yeah like I would see the the duo and I'd be like oh okay they have a, a new project whatever um, but yeah no they they came what like a couple months ago with Harbinger and just blew it away. And it was absolutely amazing. And it feels like ever since, ever since then, they've just been doing an amazing job with, with every book they've been touching. They're doing Captain America right now. And that's, you know, high octane and running on a ton of energy and uh, Batman beyond is great. So I, I kind of had high expectations for this one where normally I wouldn't have. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to say that it was a, a pretty decent ride. Um, I didn't really have a problem with Barry's voice. I probably have more of a problem with Arthur's voice, which I found to be a little too um, relaxed. I always thought of it as more regal, more official. Um, this one felt a little too like common um, for whatever that means. Uh, but other than that, it's like you know, pretty solid start to to what I hope is just a fun um, little three issue mini between 
two people that you would never expect to team up anywhere else. Um, and then, of course, I'm always going to be excited to see Vasco Georgia because, like, if you're if you're if you're at all a part of like the the fan art community, I know that's like a weird thing to say, um, but like people who do like fan illustrations online and then they make it to the big time and now they're like drawing for DC, it's almost like a win because you're like, oh shit! Like I remember when they were posting stuff online for free and now they're you know official big time artists. So. Nice. Um, seeing, seeing Vasco Georgia do more projects like puts a smile on my face because dude's been busting his ass doing like the you know um, fan illustrations on Instagram and I've been following those for a couple of years so it's, it's like when Dan Mora hit the big time I was like yes yes it, man. <laughs> I've, I've been right. following your your fan art since like you're doing Batman Beyond and, and Spider-Man 2099 fan art like 2015 <laughs> when I when I had my my brother's crappy beat up uh, MacBook and I was just coursing the internet for for fan art of the two um so you see them make the big time you're like yeah yeah awesome yeah so, yeah, <laughs> yeah i gave this an eight out of ten solid start yeah i i also well, not also i gave it an 8.5 out of 10 like i mentioned earlier it's it kind of blew my expectations out of the water uh very for a quickly series right yeah <laughs> it's like um, most of the time what we've been getting as far as miniseries goes just kind of sucks yeah yeah especially like, this isn't a, is this a black label i don't believe so no i no. don't think so most of the black label miniseries are pretty good the, yeah. some of the other dc ones are kind of forgettable like for for a three issue book uh that's not black labeled yeah it's 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 quite interesting um I could see an ending happening where they use some kind of tuning fork with Arthur's trident, but I kind of hope they don't do that because that feels like a cheesy ending. So I really hope they stick it really well. Um, Let's keep the excitement up. It's fresh. It's different. And that's always what I love to see in comics, especially these days. Something new and exciting. Yes. And that that pulls this. I mean, that's that's unbelievably. That's what we're getting. It not only was it a not only is it a miniseries, but it's an Aquaman and Flash miniseries. I didn't I'm not paying attention to who was uh, behind the wheels here. Um, I didn't have high hopes for this, and I was yeah. like, oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best expectation to have going into a, a, anything is just no expectations. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it it did me right. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, All right. That's, uh, that's gonna be my mantra going going forward. Like, um, I think I think especially with um, with with Philip Kennedy Johnson, because like I, I was thinking about yesterday, and we'll we'll talk about this later because I had a question for you guys, but. Um, I remember when that was announced, I had no expectations for that book at all because I, mm-hmm. I, I had my own theories about who I wanted to write the books moving forward, and my theory was incorrect, so I was kind of salty about that. Um, so I had no expectations. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm, I'm like, eh, whatever, like, I'll read a couple issues, I'll probably drop it, and then it just completely blew me away uh, and has continued to do so since. So sometimes those are the best books. Rob is right. Sometimes it's the ones you have no expectations for that just – blow your expectations away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because otherwise it, I'm, I'm hella judgy about the ones I have expectations, expectations. <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like the ones you have no expectations for are the ones that are amazing. 
the ones yeah. that you have high expectations for always disappoint you. Yeah, because if you start at the bottom, you can only go higher. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I suppose so, like, so. You set you set impossible expectations for a book for four years, and then yeah. it finally comes out, and it's terrible. <clears throat> Three jokers. <laughs> I was about to say. Oh my god! That's how I know we're good friends because you caught on immediately. You knew exactly where I was going. Dude, I think yeah, everyone put high expectations on that book, like, especially since it was Jeff Johns off his pretty good Justice League run, yeah. and everyone still remembered his his ten year Green Lantern run, and then you get this fresh story with three Jokers, and uh, how many times are we going to bring up three Jokers in a year? Oh, I mean, when you're monumental, you're monumental. Because I, I think yeah. I think that's just like that is such a classic. I mean, it's not even that old at this point, but it's I think it's it will be such a classic example of what happens when you have such high expectations and it's yeah. so disappointing. Because I remember, like, and I'm sure you guys do too. Every time they would have like a little bit of news, like Jason Faybook would say, like, "Oh, hey, I just finished a page here or a panel here," or you know something's coming soon or they would release like some teaser art everyone would go nuts and they would speculate yeah. about the book for like days oh yeah and then yeah and then it yeah. was like it was a hype was so was so crazy and then finally it came out october of 2020 or whatever it was and it was just like oh, god what are we doing it doesn't help that, do that jason Faybook is such a good artist so amazing and i still like the art in that book is is indisputable oh, yeah, it's phenomenal it's, it's oh it's great. yeah, by yeah. and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they released an absolute edition of it at some point even though story-wise it doesn't deserve it but yeah don't do an absolute edition just do an art of three jokes yeah. and that's it do a, do a do a black and white print erase all the dialogue so yeah. <laughs> just, look, it's like, just look at the nice pictures. You don't need to know what's That's going it. on. Yeah, yeah. You, you can build the story in your own head. Exactly. Make it better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mad Libs, but more. Yeah, fun. yeah. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Right on. There you go. There you go. All, All right. right. Well, um, we have a, another book we like to briefly mention. Uh, this one's on me. This is Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen's boss, Perry White's friend. Lois Lane's nephew. <laughs> um, um, no, this is this is Superman's pal, Jimmy oh, Olsen's boss, Perry White. Um, this has a variety of different teams in it, actually. But the I guess the main story or the the initial story is from the Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen team from 2019, Matt Fraction with Steve Lieber. Nathan Fairbairn and Clayton Cowles. Um, I'm not going to go into Which detail. Was, that was a crazy that was, run. Yeah, Eisner <laughs> Eisner Award winning, I want to say, or nominated at least. At least, least. on yeah. Jimmy Olsen. So you know, you can always have that um, as yeah. a, as a badge of honor. But I'm not going to go in, uh, too much into detail on this one because uh, the majority of the book is just reprints of of old stories, which you can you know check out anywhere else. Um, <clears throat> but the main story is just kind of like a, a, you know, flashback of Perry White's career and you know his relation to Superman, that sort of thing. It's a it's a, a nice enough story, um, but I would say ultimately kind of unnecessary. Like th it, this just kind of feels like, hey, we wanted to put out some Perry White content. Here you go, um, which I'm not against, but the, the majority of it is like, you know, content that's already come out at this point. So it's it's not really a ton of original stuff. Um, so I didn't score this one because it would. It feels kind of unfair to 
it's it's like scoring one of those old like hundred page giant books or something because yeah. it's just a collection of old stories so it's it's not really like i can judge it off of you know anything else like i enjoyed the stories when they came out but you know it's i can't really judge the whole book uh based on reprints so um really this one probably should have just been like a brief mention because there's not a lot to talk about here um but yeah i mean if you like perry white and you think you haven't read these stories before check it out it has a like i said a fun new story from the superman's pal jimmy olsen team um but other than that there's not a lot to say so uh, it has great art from every decade that it that it represents that pulls stories from um but uh i mean again an anthology book but it was reprints of things that i for the most part hadn't seen for a while so i like you i don't know why we needed one but it wasn't bad i gave it a seven out of ten it was it was worth that much i would say that they were fun little stories strange where like perry white got superpowers i had completely forgot about that <laughs> i was surprised there's been a story for every person in superman's life like, what yeah. if they got powers yeah. <laughs> I, I was surprised they didn't reprint the uh what was it it was like the the um perry white and amanda waller story from like one of their valentine's day anthologies oh, i don't know if you guys remember no. that but I, I was surprised they didn't throw that one in here like let's just put everything in <laughs> yeah yeah i i completely forgot to read this one i'm gonna be honest with you that's because i i opened it and i looked at the the credits page and I, okay that's cool so there's at least one new story and then i saw they had the only good thing bendis wrote for dc uh that with, little section there yeah yeah that one page of clark revealing his secret to perry which was was really nice so i went and looked at that and then i just completely forgot this book existed because I was, I, as I was looking at it, I also was thinking, why it doesn't exist? And I was saying, is that like an anniversary of Perry White or something? And no, we're like a couple of years off from yeah. from any anniversary of Perry White, anything of note. So I, I was trying to figure out why they even decided to publish this. Not that I'm against Perry White at all, because he's a, a long-standing character, but it just seemed really weird. <laughs> I, I, I honestly it's think like, eh, this won't cost us shit. I, I honestly think someone in, in DC editorial is probably just like, yeah, I just I, I want to put out a Perry White book. Like, it doesn't have to be uh, a ton of new content. Like, let's just yeah. just reprint some stuff, put it together, and put it out there. I don't know, yeah. someone will buy it, right? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If we're not really scoring, like, I can't really score anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. It looks like an interesting enough. I didn't realize though that Perry White was not initially a comic book character. Mm. A bit of trivia for you guys. Yeah, no, yeah, his, yeah. his debut was actually on a. Character. He was initially a radio character. His oh, official oh. debut was on a Superman radio show in 1940. Yeah, I think that and like Kryptonite and something else are like things that came from the radio show that were later folded into the comics. Um, yeah. But it's it's funny how you kind of forget about that stuff. Yeah, as, as time passes. Yeah, but then you get to go back and reread it, and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, that was uh, so very thrilling. Lots to talk about with Perry White, as always. <laughs> all the news that fits, right? So what do we got up next? Well, next we have uh, something I think a little more exciting, in my opinion. Anyway, Batman the Night number six out this week. Speaking and of that, high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, when you get the name uh, Chips Darsky, you expect 
high quality content anyway. So it is written by yeah. Chip Zdarsky with art. Now you do. Mine. Eh? I, I said, now you do. When he's yeah. doing Howard the Duck, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> not right. Yeah. Uh, so interior and cover art was done by Carmine de Giamenico. Uh, colors by Evan Placencia and letters from Pat Brousseau. Uh, so you have, I was going to say Clark, <laughs> you have Bruce and Anton, a.k.a. the future Ghostmaker, uh, going to their next stop on their world tour of excitement and adventure of learning how to be heroes. And they come across, one second, pull up his name, because I did have it in my mind and then I forgot it because my memory sucks. Uh, Luca Jungo, the Swiss Mark an expert archer who at the time was the best archer in the world. He worked for uh, government agencies pulling hits. And then one day working with some snipers took out a hit on a cartel boss, uh, got some bad info and his wife and son were there. Uh, so he had to take them out too. Otherwise the snipers cover would be blown and the entire operation would be done. And at that point he decided to quit the game. And went into hiding, and a mutual friend from everybody decided uh, to help him out and got him cover in Canada, in northern British Columbia. I believe it was northern British Columbia. Canadian representation. There you go. Um, <laughs> so he teaches the the two young men, I guess, at this point. It's been a couple of years since they met. They, they're a little older now. Uh, how to be expert marksmen, not just with a bow, but with a gun. And it ends with Anton being a little too vicious with uh, his shots, uh, seeming to not care about ending life when he kills a deer, which uh, forces uh, Luco to get a little defensive about that and decide, if you're going to be like this, I can't train you anymore, and pulls a gun on him. Uh, Bruce tries to stop him by pulling a gun on Luco, even though he is absolutely against using guns. Uh, and it ends kind of poorly. Uh, Bruce shoots the gun out of Luko's hand. Anton picks up Luko's gun and shoots him in the head. Then Bruce and Anton get into a fight. Uh, Anton gets the upper hand, goes to shoot Bruce, and just leaves him behind. And now Bruce is alone yet again. Uh, on to whatever adventure he's going to have next. Uh, this this was good. <laughs> so we're just talking about high expectations. Um I don't think it disappointed, in my opinion. The art was solid, as, as usually is from uh, Gia Domenico. Um, yeah, for sure. It was good to see some of the relationship with Bruce and Anton throughout this adventure. Like, Ghost Sniper debuted what, two years ago at this point, last year? No, it was, it was just before Death Metal, I think. So, you know, almost two years ago. Yeah, um, two years at this point. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, I think, I want to say it became a hit, but being a new character, there's next to no backstory. We just know that him and Bruce trained together. Uh, and, yeah, we see Chip Starsky just filling that major blank, which I think he really hit the mark. Uh, now we see how their relationship fell apart, and I wonder if we're going to see him again later on. But for for this, uh, I, I, I'll give an 8.75. I really enjoyed this one. The whole series so far has been solid. It has indeed. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. I know um I've I've caught a little flat from Brandon saying that this is like the year one that we needed. 
but um <laughs> but uh i this this origin story for bruce is just i mean i absolutely love it it's not the you know it's not 100 perfect i ain't going that far but i mean it has been really enjoyable and i like the way that it's been happening um I gave it a 8.75. I liked it. Nice. I gave it a, I didn't have time to read it out of 10. <laughs> uh, I, I ran out of time. Um, a couple I feel of like it was a choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like it was a choice. It's like it was between I know that and, uh, and, uh, and Dark Crisis, Young Justice. And I said... Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Young Justice. Well, yeah, Fair I on. mean, I guess, yeah, I suppose so. Just because I, I suspect that I was gonna have to review that one, but uh, yeah. Well, if we're all done with our spotlight books, should we get into some of the main books before we uh wrap up our reviews for this week? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, all right, then I will kick it off with Batman Superman, World's Finest number four, part four in the uh, Demonasia story, or whatever they're choosing to call it. Uh, I think it's just called the Devil Measure or something like that. Um, yeah. But this one sees our, our World's Finest facing off against the deadliest man without fear. Not the one you're thinking of, though. It's Mr. Hal Jordan of the Green Lantern Corps, um, who is possessed by Neja at this point uh, and is actively working to shut down the world's finest and impose his new will on the world and all that sort of thing. And, you know, the, the standard uh, villain activity. Uh, while in the past, Robin and Supergirl learned something quite horrifying about how they can actually uh, take down Nezha for good, something that they're a little worried about doing. They make their way back to the present, but they encounter a time storm on the way, and Robin is lost to the time storm. Wakara makes her way back to the present. Uh, the world's finest are not holding their own against Jordan and the other heroes that Neja has uh, possessed and is using uh, to fight off the world's finest. So they do what anyone who's ever seen anime has done and decide to combine their powers <laughs> using the, the will of the Green Lantern ring um, and become a Batman-Superman hybrid that, uh, you know, using or uh, has the power of a of a Green Lantern ring uh, that allow it to basically fight Nasia a little bit uh, easier this time. Uh, Cooler, really coolest a... composite <laughs> Batman Superman ever. Definitely. Yes, even if it technically makes no sense, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't care if it makes sense. That sucker looks so yeah, badass. <laughs> just, just I mean, it just looks cool. So you know, who cares about logic, really? Um, but their, their lantern energy is quickly running out of steam, uh, and before they can get a final knockoff, the two split apart. But thankfully, they're saved by Kara, who is able to knock the demon Nasia, uh on his knees, at least for the time being, uh, before informing them that the only way that they can save the day and lock away the demon forever is to lock him behind the tomb doors. Unfortunately, that comes at a price as it can only be locked from the inside, which means one of them is gonna have to stay behind. And much like in anime, they all have very dramatic reactions on the page to that uh, to that announcement. Um, <laughs> no, this was a lot of fun. I think the, the series is finally clicking for me. Um, I just, it felt like it was missing something. And there's a part of it that still kind of feels like it does, but 
I at least appreciate that the series is not taking itself too seriously. Like it's it's clearly just Mark Wade kind of wanted to step back into the DCU and, and just do something fun with the characters that he loves, set in a time that he clearly loves, uh, which is like that that Bronze Age, like I would guess you know early seventies or mid seventies era of DC, like probably satellite era. Even though this this um, Hal Jordan costume looks like the classic Gil Kane costume from the sixties, so. Um, I don't know. It, it could, does, it could be. It does tie into the main universe, though. We've we've already got the time travel started. Whatever's going to be happening with Batman versus Robin has just got set up in this issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just. I mean, I, I know. I know my costumes well, um, and I know that the before he has the um, kind of like the the shoulder pads, I would call them, on his GL costume. It was yeah. it was basically just like a tunic. If you look at like the old. 60s green lantern design the original one from gil kane it has like that one yeah that one was, down. yeah that one was phased out like after 20 issues or something so who knows when this is supposed to be taking place it just it it has the feel of like something from the bronze age not really the silver age um but anyway um yeah no it's it's a lot of fun and i'm glad that it's not really taking itself too seriously and i do feel like now that there's a little bit more story behind it like we're in our fourth issue I, I kind of settled into the tone a little bit more. Um, so I, I definitely appreciated this one a lot more than I had some of the previous issues. Um, let's talk about the, the Batman Superman fusion. Um, now logically <laughs> that, that makes no sense at all because no, we're going to focus our willpower yeah. together on the same thing. Yeah. And, and, then and when the we reach out for a ring, us, even though the ring chooses you, you don't choose the ring. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's that's why that's why I was like, well, yeah. Glavin, um, you know, I put on my comic book guy voice and I was like, well, actually, yeah, um, <laughs> the ring does not operate like the, the ring, you cannot willpower over willpower the ring, the ring <laughs> chooses you based on like all that stuff, but I don't know, like, we we can assume that that you know. Wade is using the logic of the past based mm -hmm. on the period that this is set. So this is this is a time where if you were reading a book like this in the 70s, you would probably have something like that happen where Batman is, is thinking to himself like, well, I don't know how to get, you know, Hal's ring off of his off of his wrist or off of his hand. So I just have to willpower him and it'll come flying to me. And yeah. obviously that makes no sense. Um, but, you know, for a book set in the past, it's like, yeah, you can kind of forgive it. Um, and obviously yeah. it's like paying homage to that. So um, it does. It does have Batman saying, um, I miss when you could take him out with a golden with a with a yellow brick. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the yellow he's, he's past the yellow impurity. But I, I guess even how Jordan at this point can be out willpowered. Uh, I, I don't suppose. think that's a word, but there you go. <laughs> So yeah, no. Other than that, like logically, that made no sense. Yeah. But it was just kind of cool. Like I'm not even gonna lie. From from like a just just a, a pure fan sense, like seeing that that uh, yeah, see, seeing that that composite Batman and Superman just beat the shit out of Neja was it was just cool. It was really cool. Um, so I gave this an eight point five out of ten. Um, I, I I had a lot of fun. And Dan Mora continues to kill it, and. Uh, uh, it's it's always nice. Yeah, and and Tevin willpower may be better than using the power of friendship, but they were definitely using the power of friendship as well. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. 
Yeah, when when I was reading that that part in particular, my inner Lantern fan was screaming, "That's not how it works!" <laughs> but my inner Dragon Ball fan was just so yeah. much louder, like, "This is fucking cool." Seven <laughs> so. P on YouTube says willpower is always better than using the power of friendship. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they did a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> um, that costume was friggin' amazing. That was an yeah. awesome design, which um, is not surprising because Dan Mora famously yeah. redesigned all the Power Rangers uh, whenever year that was, um, and. Just did an amazing job on that. So he's always been really great with design. So oh shoot, is he the one? It's kind of less. It's what's that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! I should have recognized the art. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. I don't know if he did the art for it, but yeah, I know he did a lot of Arkham Knight. So yeah, it was. uh, He he was kind of well known for like basically coming in and just you know adding a an even heavier anime influence uh, onto Power Rangers, if you can believe it. That's so good. And it also answers the question nobody was asking. If if Superman is Goku, because there's clear parallels there, that means Batman is Vegeta. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and it kind of fits. <laughs> they both brood a lot. They're both very angry. <laughs> sad that all, you're right. All of that. <laughs> oh, man. That is not yeah. good. We just need a John Canton Damian Wayne fusion, and everything will be right in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But will it? Um, (laughs) I feel like that happened in one of the Super Sons books. Something like that, I'm sure. It must have at some point. If not, Tomasi's going to write it next year. (laughs) Um, As for the whole story, uh, I don't know if, if the rest of it was as exciting it kind of got overshadowed uh there wasn't much else to the story really it was just one big fight with hal jordan and then nesa mm-hmm. and then robin got lost to time thanks to a time storm uh yeah so who and knows what does that lead to yeah is I, I mean it leads to batman versus robin but oh crap i just forgot who which is that's tim right no, it's Damien. Damien, yeah. They yeah. they have stated that it's Damien, but now I'm questioning things. <laughs> yeah. well, they said it's really going to tie together Damien? at some point, so I, I assume yeah. we'll see how exactly. No, 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 no. Not in Batman versus Robin, the one that fell through the time portal. No, that was Dick. That was Dick, yeah. That was Dick. Okay, yeah. all right. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Curious. I, I trust in Mark Wade. There's going to be some interesting developments down the line. Uh I also trust in Dan Mora still. I'll say it again. What a friggin' issue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, honestly, I'll give this a nine because it was just a lot of fun yeah. for this one. It was. I I gave it an 8.75. I thought it was fun. I, I'm, I'm loving it. It's quick becoming one of my favorite reads when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't help but wonder where it's going to go. It's 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 got me hooked for now the weight is already like i i want this to be a weekly series that would have worked much better for me <laughs> because i wouldn't want them to rush it though yeah no like, like i, I, I would have like wanted them to write it all and then release it weekly <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah hell yeah it would um but uh yeah i gave it an 8.75 i i, I th- th- thought thought it was a hell of a comic book 
Um, speaking of uh, hell of a comic book, this guy's been through hell and back lately in the comic books, and uh, he finally gets his own book by someone who's familiar with hell. Um, it is <laughs> it is written by Priest with art from Rafa Sandoval and Matt Herms with lettering by uh, Willie Schubert, uh, wrapped in a cover from Irvin Rodriguez, and uh, that's Black Adam number one. It is definitely in continuity because it goes, uh, makes the effort to mention in captions that it is before the death, well, non-death of the Justice League. I'm so mad at DC right now about this. But um, <laughs> Black Adam is in the U.S. going through some procedural hearings. His political opponent gets assassinated and sets Adam up to look like he's behind it. Um, there's a med student named Malik that is tied up in this and uh he he's actually there to uh treat uh, a white supremacist at first and he has some fun with that um telling them that he's a doctor and then uh and then he's there to treat um black adam and uh gets into it with him as well later on black adam reaches through a portal and sucks him to kandak and uh find out that it is malik adam and that he is a descendant of Black Adam, and he is going to transfer his powers to him. That was one hell of a setup issue. The one, the, the only my my biggest complaint with this book is that I it took a while to register that with great power comes slicked back hair, because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it seriously, I'm sitting there going, why he he kind of looks younger, but he's not younger. And he's not Black Adam, so so shouldn't he be like a very, 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 very old man dying? Well, it's magic. It's magic. Yeah, if, you, if you haven't answered your question, it's just magic. Magic. It looks like it's just Black Adam put on a suit and messed his hair up, yeah. you know, going back at it. But it, <laughs> um, they, they've shown him in the past when he yells out Shazam and transforms, and he's been near a skeleton. Yeah. And this is like I I I mentioned before. I love Christopher Priest's work with passion, but continuity counts sometimes. Um, it does. And the thing is, is we've seen Black Adam call out Shazam and not have that happen to him more than once recently, and that's kind of been a bit of a sore spot for me. Yeah. I still hear it echo. Um, but uh. I, as far as this issue goes, dude, I thought it was sick. Um, I'm, I can't wait for issue two to come out. If the art is just awesome, and uh, pr can't give enough uh, props to Priest, it was fantastic, and it completely caught me off guard. It was, uh, like I said, a hell of a setup issue. It was an eight point seven five easy all day long. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it an eight point five with an asterisk. Only because even even Foot beyond boom. the um, the Shazam transformation part, the whole timing of it all and it taking place before the death of Justice League, I don't know, it just felt a little out of place almost. Like maybe it would have, it, it feels like it fits better post-death of Justice League mm -hmm. and that, at least with the stuff with Darkseid going on, um, it's good that they kind of showed that dark side was an illusion. It's not the real dark side. Um, 
but what the hell was it? What was Desaad doing? What what's going on there? It just felt kind of out of place. And, and when did he become such a diplomat? I know he's a, a the leader of Kandak, but when did he care about even going to hearings in the United States over anything? It's it just felt a a little off, um, but it's still really enjoyable. And looking at the fact that they're adding in his descendants now, and he might have to transfer the power, and the art was really, really good. Definitely an eight point five. You know, I can maybe look past what my issues with it for all the other good stuff. Maybe what Priest is trying to do is make it a little, a uh, little more realistic. Because let's face it, if there was a small Middle Eastern nation um, with a dictator on top of it that refused to have meetings with anybody, you can damn well guarantee America would make it a priority to go give them some democracy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that would probably uh, make it seem even more improbable that they would end up in the United Nations if it was just a small country led by a dictator. And it would just be, you know, we would be finding an excuse to go to war with them as opposed to trying to give them a seat at the table. Um, So... I guess, well, I guess I mean, that makes this seem by a superhero. Yeah, I, I guess try that, that makes a little diplomatic. Yeah, seem even more impossible. Um, no, I'm I'm right there with you, Rob. I also gave this one an eight point five. Um, I'm I'm a huge sucker for for Christopher Priest style. It's just it's so it's so iconic. Like you just open it and it has that that look with like the title cards, that that classic film style that he's done since like Quantum and Woody. Um, and in fact, the the whole exchange between Malik and the white supremacist felt like a quantum and woody bit which made me laugh. it really did um that's <laughs> it was just great. like like the setup and timing of that was uh it, it, it felt like something right out of quantum and woody um but no uh, style aside um i think this will be an interesting one just to kind of see what black adam was up to maybe a little bit before the death of the justice league or possibly after because uh, I wasn't sure if when they had that footnote, if it was just referring to the fight or for the issue as a whole. Um, oh, and, maybe. Because, um, yeah, it says, um, well, it's, I know it says Black Adam number one takes place before, but um, yeah. Maybe I, number I just, two I wasn't takes sure. place after. Yeah, I, I just wasn't sure. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess we'll, we'll see in, in, uh, in future issues. Um, but no, I mean, just a, a great kind of setup issue. Um, getting to know Black Adam a little bit more as a, as a diplomat of Kandak. Um, he's posturing and all this stuff, but, um, you know, also kind of giving it a, a strong mystery of, of what's going to, what's going to happen. And you get the sense that something really catastrophic is, uh, is waiting for, for everyone uh, based on uh, what was the guy's name? Nasur. Um, Nasur. Yeah, Shakur Nasur or something like that. Uh, I just I just remember Malik called it like Tupac Nasir, and that's how I just yeah. remember. Um, <laughs> so it's, again, it's just like so so many jokes in here that that are, are very fitting for for Chris Priest, um, but uh, but but definitely felt like something ripped out of out of old Quantum and Woody. Um, but no, it was it was just really engaging start, um, and I'm definitely interested to see what what happens with the next one. Uh, so yeah. I just maybe thought of something. Maybe. How long until you're certain? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it was Shakur Nasser, you said? 
Well, I think so, yeah. Right. The name sounded so familiar to me, and I couldn't quite place it, but it just clicked when you said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a character that shares the same last name. Oh. And that's Khalid Nasur, the new Doctor Fate. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. So I wonder if that has any actual well, connection, or if that's just a coincidence. It could be. I, I don't want to assume. Pretty popular like, last name. Yeah, I don't know if Nassar is like a popular, you know, um, Kandaki name or something. But well, I don't know about it. Could Kandaki, be. Yeah, but... it could. It yeah. could be. Oh, fair enough. I guess we'll find it in issue two. Maybe we will. All right. Um, yeah, I don't have a good transition for this, so I'm just going to get into <laughs> well, it. There's not a Black Adam to Catwoman, man. I mean, I'm yeah. not sure how yeah, to let's, make that Let's just hop into it. <laughs> something like lightning and always lightning on your feet. I don't know. Something, something, <laughs> cats. So this is Catwoman, if you haven't figured it out. Uh, that's a, issue... that's a good intro. Or a great <laughs> uh, is issue 43? Uh, 44. 44. 44. Uh, so this is written by Teeny Howard with art by Bengal. He's such an aptly named artist for this type of book. Uh, with colors from Jordi Belair and letters from Tom Napolitano with a wonderful cover from Jeff DeCal. Uh, so picking up right where 43 left off, Red Claw has Catwoman cornered in the locker room and they begin a fight. Selena eventually gets the upper hand and runs away uh, trapping Red Claw inside temporarily, where she gets onto the roller rink where the roller derby has already begun, and Harley's place on the team and just rollering in general anywhere near Gotham is on the line if the team does not win. Uh, really wants Selena out there, and Selena comes out and tries to get her to listen that there is someone out there trying to get them uh, and take them out, but she's not listening and just trying to get her to win the game. Uh, but eventually Red Claw gets out with a flamethrower and proceeds to burn the entire roller rink to the ground. Uh, everybody gets out safely, though, and Selena, Harley, and their current team uh, run off together. Uh, I believe that's what happened first. They all run off together. Oh, there is a bit of a chase for her. Sorry, that was after. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the team uh, gets away, and uh, Harley and Selena split up in two different vehicles. Uh, Selena takes Red Claw's motorcycle, where Harley has their little kitty in the car, and they, they race off. The mysterious man from the previous issue was watching the whole time and also gives chase, but Red Claw cornered him first and is in the car with him, holding him at gunpoint, saying to catch up. Uh, and as we eventually find out, this man is actually just a nobody, which is a little disappointing, but it's also a highlight that these things will happen. It turns out this is just a creep from Markham Asylum that was obsessed with Selena and uh, was just following her and just was being creepy. <clears throat> Uh, they eventually get the upper hand, um, Red Claw chasing Selena down while Harley's trying to run interference. Uh, Selena slides under a truck from the motorcycle, gets around, and then T-Bones, I guess you can do that with a motorcycle, uh, into the red car driven by the mysterious Arkham Asylum patient and Red Claw, uh, making the car crash, and then they get to talk to Red Claw about how your boss, Black Mask, just really doesn't care about women, and he 
really wouldn't care who it is that's hunting me down. I know you think you're the only one, but let's face it, he has others. It may not be let's... this man that was with you, but Oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can totally T-bone a car with a motorcycle, but there's not going to be much talking afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, Selena obviously safe being such the acrobat, but there's no way I believe that Red Claw or the man who basically took the motorcycle to the face uh, would would either of them would be alive, especially seeing as Red Claw was hanging half out the window. No way. There's no way. No way. No so <laughs> uh, they agreed to form a small partnership: the trio, Harley, Red Claw, and Selena, and they gather up the masked man. Um, Excuse me, wrap him up, put a Catwoman mask on him, and ship him back to Gotham City straight to Roman Sionis himself, where Roman is waiting with bated breath, but you can't smell it because he's got a creepy mask on. And he pulls off the mask, thinking it's Lena, and they find out it's really the Arkham Asylum patient, to which he screams, No! Old Darth Vader, like. Uh, and then we cut back to Selena, Harley, and Red Claw driving off into the sunset towards Gotham City, where none other than Batman, two Robins, and two Batgirls are watching, waiting patiently. Next issue will be most likely a uh, reunion between Batman and Catwoman. Uh, But as for this one, the art was friggin' stellar, I think. Um, Maybe a little too sketchy in some places for my usual taste, but still really good. Uh, the cover might outshine it a little bit, but covers tend to do that, so that's okay. Uh, the story was quite interesting. I was really happy to see Red Claw make her comic book debut and to see her join Selena's team, and I'll be very curious to see if Harley sticks around for the next issue. Uh, for this, I, I was having a hard time scoring it. I think it... 8.75 is pretty suitable. It's been a solid run from Teeny Howard so far. Let me just say that uh, Bengal illustrated one of my favorite books from 2019, a book called Death or Glory. I think I mentioned it before. Absolutely stellar stuff there. I mean, the guy is just amazing. Um, but, and I, I honestly, I don't think it's on him. I, I want to say it's the coloring, which hurts because I know it's Jordi Blair and she's you know, a wizard when it comes to this stuff. But it was honestly one of the worst, like, books I've seen Bengal on. Um, the colors just didn't match at all. They looked nope. so... Muted isn't the right word. It's like, it, it was it was almost overdone um, to the point where it was, things were just, like, too, way too oversaturated, I think is the word I'm looking for. Oh, um, a failed attempt at looking comical. Well, not comical, more like noir like you're really going for the neon like you know moody yeah. lit, that type of thing and right but you only I, had the palette of ms paint well no I, I, would, I wouldn't go that far it was more like this is well first of all i know bengal can color his own stuff because he usually does that um he did it in death or glory and it was amazing um so yeah. i don't really know why they i mean i could assume i can only assume it was a timing thing where it's just like hey i don't have the time to airbrush this like can you just get someone else um, which again sucks because like I just I feel like I feel like it's it's a it's a classic case of mismatched creators where Bengal probably is not the right pair for Jordi Blair and vice versa because their styles are just different um, 
and and I think Bengal would really you, excels. Who would, you put, in, who would you put with Bengal? No one. Like when he airbrushes well, his own well, stuff, it's well, great. He can he can be a powerhouse. So my my point is, if he can't like if, if the timing doesn't work and he can't color his own stuff, just get a different artist that will work better. Right? Don't try and force something for the sake of time. This is one of those things where it's like I would rather you have a longer uh, release time for this than try and rush it and just slap something together because we need to get it quality stuff. Yeah, because like yeah. I would I would rather I'd rather Bengal take the time to properly sit down, make sure everything is penciled. All the I, I would imagine in black and white this looks amazing. But with the colors it honestly like it just kind of ruins it, um, for me at least. So I, I, I would have just think... preferred to to see, you know, either him color his own stuff or just get an artist that works better. Like get, I don't know, like you know, Mikhail Hanin or, you know, Victor Bogdanovich or someone who works really well with Jordan yeah. Blair. I think I see where you're getting at. I, I, it, what I see might be the issue is that there's a lot of different techniques being used in a single page. Like there's, in the colors alone, there, there's cross hatching, there's solid, <laughs> uh, there's almost watercolor style, there's yeah. pointillism, all on the same page. And it, it's, like you said, it's oversaturated, but maybe yeah, not with lashed. color, but with style. Yeah. Um, and it, it really takes away from the the character pencils that are really good from Bengal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I, I, I would, definitely I see would, what you're saying there. Yeah, I would I would encourage people to just, you know, look at some of the other stuff that he's done. Um, even in the DC universe where he's actually colored it himself and you'll you'll see what I mean in terms of difference. So that was kind of off putting for me from the start. The story itself is fine. I didn't really have a ton of problems with it. I'm still not really in love with this book, but I will say this arc was more fun than the last one, which I know was by design. That one was trying to be a little more serious, but um, this one was just kind of like, you know, it, was, it, it kind of feels like something you might grab in a dollar bin. I don't mean that in a mean way, not oh. entirely anyway. It's, it's more like if yeah. I was looking for Catwoman, if I was really jonesing for some Selena, um, you should get that on a T-shirt. Um, this would be the thing that I pick up. And I'll be like, yeah, that was satisfying. And then I would put it in my long box and I probably wouldn't touch it for a year. Um, so not right. bad by any means. Just kind of like, yeah, you know, satisfying story. So I gave this a perfectly yeah. average seven and a half out of 10. I wanted to rate it lower because I just, it was kind of heartbreaking to see just how damaging some of the colors had affected um, Bengal's art. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, hey, like I said, it's just a case of, of mismatched creators Next time, I'm sure, I mean, it's just my opinion anyway, so I doubt they'll change anything. But I'm sure next time that they bring him in, they'll probably just let him do his own thing or pair him with a colorist that makes more sense for him. Um, again, Jordi Belair, amazing. Usually does some of the best yeah. stuff. Not the best pair with Bengal. So that's, no. uh, that's, that's what I thought at least. At least the, whatever, whatever happened, the art decisions were bad art decisions. Well, some of them anyway. Um, I, I'm, I am not a fan, um, because of the same reasons it was just like, uh, everything clashed on the page and it didn't look like it belonged there. And if nothing looked like it belonged there, it's just going to be unappealing. Um, and the, the story, I feel like it has strayed so far from itself that I, I don't even, I, I don't really get the point of it. Uh, the, okay. First. Selena has had enough and needs to get away, get out of the city and go on vacation. So they go to the outskirts of 
Gotham City and go play on a roller derby league. Um, and it's it's completely lost on me, the whole point of it. Add to that the the, the, the bad art and um, I'm, I'm assuming that is, is this all out of continuity now or is it just ignoring what's going on? It's, I feel like everything is kind of a hot mess and that's real bummer because the way that this started out, Teeny on this run was phenomenal. I love the black mask stuff. Now he, do, he, he doesn't even look like a serious threat with whatever the hell that kind of thing, half black, half white mask. He looks like a cartoon character. I mean, I get it. We're in comic books, but you know, shouldn't look like a Saturday morning cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I didn't. I, I again, I was not a fan, man, and I gave it something I would call closer to an average um, of the score on one to ten, and that's <clears throat> five point five. I will say, if you want to read a better version of this story, or or maybe a more exciting version, there is a. It's weird how how these things just kind of circle back but there's a very similar story where after some shenanigans with black masks selena decides to go on a road trip but instead of going with harley she goes with holly robinson her uh, her old roommate um from the miller days and that sort of thing um i remember a, that yeah that's that's a really fun story where they like they go to like keystone city and she teams up with captain cold and there's one issue where it's like her teaming up with wildcat and then they go to um New Orleans and team up with the Hawks. Um, and that's Ed Brubaker and Cameron Stewart. And that's a great, that's a great, I would say that's a better version of this type of story where it's like, hey, we're going to take a little break from Gotham and just go on a road trip and explore some of the other characters um, in the DCU. So I would say if you want to read a better version of that, I don't remember the exact issues, but you can probably just track it down. Um, it, it shouldn't be hard to find. Uh, yeah, I don't so remember that would the be issues my advice. either. If you, if you don't want to pay for this, Go read that. Yeah, it, it's it's it. That's exactly what it is. It's a better version, and um, I am I don't like road trip books. Um, I feel like the characters can be have their time spent with better stories than something like that. Preacher's gonna but, come and strangle you, and then. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like um, the ultimate road trip book. Well, like yeah, but edgy. that's different though. But um that one that she does with Holly um uh I'm gonna channel my inner Keanu uh <laughs> like whoa this is most, most atypical, atypical. <laughs> <laughs> um it, it was uh it was a really good one this one not so much not so much yeah well Maybe let's shift our attention to something that's a little bit more satisfying, or at least we'll see. Uh, Nightwing number 93. I think we um, know better. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is part two of the Battle for Bloodhaven's Heart, brought to us by the, the, uh, the dream team, the all-star cast at this point of Tom Taylor writing with art from Bruno Redondo and yet another beautiful cover for Bruno Redondo, who I know has been nominated for Best Cover Artist at the Eisners this year, and if he doesn't win, that is a crime against humanity, um, mm -hmm. with inks by Wade Vaughn Grabadger and colors from Adriano Lucas. A fairly short issue. Um, not really a ton goes on in this one. There are some major moments, but it was actually, I was kind of surprised at how fast this one went. Um, 
But basically, I can break it down in like a couple sentences. Heartless, as we saw in the last issue, is coming to make a deal with King. Oh shit! I'm sorry. With uh, uh, Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely not Kingpin. Not at all. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I know that joke is old at this point, but um, anyway, comes to make a deal with Blockbuster. Blockbuster, Blockbuster, excuse me, does not take it very well and decides to literally throw him out the window with a fucking desk, uh, which made yeah. me laugh. Um, we cut to the Haven where Dick Grayson is cleaning up after Josh the mic is still off. Yeah, is is. Oh, whoops. He's <laughs> yeah, cleaning up after the attack on the Haven, um, but uh, unfortunately doesn't get much progress as the BPD are trying to stop him from doing a public service, which, as Nightwing points out, is kind of shocking. I mean, guys, I'm doing your job for you. I'm cleaning. Yeah. Isn't that what you want me to do? How is that a crime? I was cleaning a crime, but um, Nightwing makes his quick getaway um, before deciding to stay with Babs in the hill uh, because Bloodhaven is just way too hot right now, uh, and there is no way that he is going to go back there anytime soon. Uh, but Babs has a plan, thankfully, and that plan is to reveal all the identities of the attackers on the Haven, who we know at this point are police officers. Um, and there are some fireworks there that I won't get into where Grayson accidentally says, I love you, but I'll get into that later. I have notes on that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but later the next day, uh, as the BPD are making some kind of announcement uh, that the Haven is going to be put under extra protection uh, due to the events of the attack the previous night, Dick Grayson decides to just just shoot and it's like now is the time i'm going to release all the evidence send it to all the journalists and reveal that the bpd were behind the attack on the haven and had orchestrated the entire thing beginning dick grayson's official feud with the bloodhaven police department and specifically with commissioner mclean cut to heartless who returns to wherever his secret base is just totally decimated after his and you can't even really call it a fight i would just call it a, a slaughter uh, by Blockbuster um, yeah. and is getting uh, tended to uh, by his Alfred, his personal Alfred, uh, before deciding that he's not done yet. He's going to make his way back, uh, but he's he's going to need a new heart before he does it. And he's also going to need a new plan. Um, so yeah, like I said, not a ton happened in this one. I know I made it sound like there was a lot, but I was kind of stretching. But this this was a fairly fast read, at least for me. Um, probably got it done in like you know seven minutes, maybe even less than that. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I will say, because um, I, I don't really look at reviews anymore, um, but I, I will say I did see that some people were kind of complaining about the pacing, and I do see that with this issue in particular, where it, it really it really is kind of stretching how much stuff actually happens. It's, it's sort of like there are two major moments, and then the issue is kind of over. Um, and that's, I'm not, I'm not expecting every issue to have a ton of major moments, but... I will admit that the the story probably does need to pick up its pace soon, or at least get to the point where things are, are really starting to get serious. So we're at least getting you know the the uh, the feud between Grayson and the Bloodhaven Police Department, which will be interesting to see, um, and then just further stuff with Heartless and and uh, Blockbuster. Um, but you know, I think I think a lot of that stuff kind of needs to pick up. Plus, there's still a lot of stuff that we haven't really dealt with with uh, Melinda Zuko. Um, you know, being yeah. Grayson's sister that has kind of just been sitting there and like they, they're kind of just like treating it like they're friends now, but I, I feel like they never really, I don't know, they never really to tried point. to, yeah, they never really tried to like 
explore that relationship a little bit more in depth. It was just, we got the one issue revealing that they're related and that was it. So this is not a perfect issue by any means, really well constructed. I will give it that, but I definitely see some of the flaws in pacing and story at this point. So I gave this one an eight out of 10, very satisfying uh, read, but I, I do think that it probably needs to pick up the pace. Um, now let's get to the thing that everyone is talking about or only people are talking about, and that is the I love you scene which you have some people saying, oh, how romantic is that? And then you have people like me, the, the I guess you could call us Nightwing veterans that are like, who fucking cares? Because at this point, I mean, I, I, think, I think, honestly, I think Babs's reaction was more appropriate. He's like, why are, you, why are you acting shocked by that? You've probably said that more times than, you know, either I or Damien or any of the other people in our family can count at this point. You shouldn't be surprised, like, I mean, we've we've dated in the past. I'm sure we've said I love you to each other before. In fact, I could probably mention a few issues where that's happened. So um, yeah. I don't I don't know why he's acting like all weird about it. Like it's it's just it was, it was kind of it's kind of awkward on on. Well, they, they hadn't said it this time. This time, but yeah, they said it time. a year ago, and and maybe right. a year before that, and the year before that. It's like, come on, man, this is nothing new. We, we, we you're really literally married. Yeah, like you. Yeah, we literally had a story last year in Death Metal where you got married. Like, come yeah. on, man, stop, <laughs> stop playing around. We we already know that you said this many times. Don't act yeah. like this is some huge revelation. But uh, yeah, other than that, just kind of a solid issue. Though I do see some of the flaws in story and pacing, and I I, I agree, it definitely needs to pick up, especially as we're getting closer to issue 100, because I imagine that's going to be a turning point for the series. So. I don't know if it's just me or not, but the pacing didn't bother me at all. Um, the I, I, I'm just really, really into the story. It's so good, at least to me. Um, I got really mad when Heartless was thrown out the window. Like, how dare you invent an awesome villain, draw it out, and then make it mean nothing? I should have known better. <laughs> I mean, it didn't mean nothing necessarily because he, he caught uh, Desmond Fisk, uh, his punch, like super easily. I, I know the last this... one actually Fisk. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um you just caught that punch like it was nothing. Yeah. So that that really showed some mysteriousness to uh Heartless. Well dude's sitting there jacked up with all kinds of USB ports in his arm and everything. Yeah. I mean obviously he's in hands. Um but I, I thought this was awesome, man. I loved it. I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm also giving it a nine out of ten. Um, it's, it's I do find it funny that there's complaints about pacing because if you remember, that's the same kind of complaint I had over the last couple of issues of Son of Kal El, mm -hmm. also written by Tom Taylor. It's just the pacing is very slow, and it feels like twelve issues in, but the story's barely progressed. Um, and if I look at how many issues, what issue of Nightwing was this? It's 93 and he was uh, starting in 78. So it's, it's about 15 issues and there hasn't been much progression, but there's also been a couple of crossovers. Uh, there's, there was that one special issue with just one ongoing panel. So definitely the pacing has a reason cool. for why it might feel a little slow. Um, yeah. But the okay. issues are so much fun, and the yeah, story like is I, very I, interesting. That's that's why I say like a lot of the stuff is really well constructed because it, it yeah. feels like him and and uh, Redondo are just like they are in perfect sync. Where yeah, whatever they're communicating behind the scenes is just is just going together really well. So like 
collaboratively, um, I don't think that's a word. The collaboration is going yeah. really well. Um, just, you know, I, I can see where some of the story might need to catch up a little bit. Yeah. No, hopefully it does soon. I didn't even think about the fact that 100 is coming up in yeah, crazy, right? early next year, probably at this point. Yeah. Uh, so if only we could have reviewed issue 100 on our 100th episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Well, who knows what will happen? Maybe it may be issue number 100 will be so big it'll deserve its own episode. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> When's the last time Nightwing had a hundredth issue? Oh my god! Be I know it. this. Um, oh, <laughs> it was the. Um, it was. Well, I know it was the Devin Grayson run. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I. Oh, oh, I know why I don't remember that run. We'll get into that later. We'll into oh, okay. That. <laughs> I know why. Yeah, I know why I don't remember that. Uh, well, I, I know why weird. I remember that issue, but I know why I tried to forget that issue. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get curious. into that one later. So it's got to be somewhere in the like 2006 or so. I want to say like yeah, like 2006 or 2004. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and I remember why now. I, I I looked up the cover and I was like, oh, now I remember why. <laughs> okay, you got me curious. I need to look at yeah. this cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I I won't get into it too much, but suffice it to say, it's part of a very very controversial story. Uh, particularly among Nightwing fans. Why am I not remembering what story you're talking about? Uh, all, all I had okay. to do was was look at that cover and see that the character was there, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this, why I tried to forget this." So this looks yeah, like an interesting, later. yeah, cover. Also to deal with uh, Blockbuster somewhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Tarantula. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that later. Yeah. That's gonna be interesting. Well, all right, I guess we'll zoom on over to the other one, eh? Yep. Yeah. And by zooming I mean flash, if that wasn't obvious, number seven eighty-three, written by Jeremy Adams with art from Amon Kane Walpen. Colors from Jeremy Cox, lettering from Rob Lee, and the cover is from Brandon Peterson and Michael Latea. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Terrific pulled together Wally, Max Mercury, uh, Mercury. Geez, I can't talk at all today. Um, I'm going to move on. Jesse Quick, Wallace, and Jay to go hunt old Missing Barry. Uh, he opens up a portal to the Speed Force with three different potential targets. And apparently you don't get to choose them. And they can return, but only with the press of a button that um, Mr. Terrific has put on the bracelet and has told them to take. So Jay and Irie snatch some up and sneak through the portal. Uh, they land one place with Alan Tower lit up in front of them, and they got a spooky flashlight character standing in the shadows behind them. Um, Quick and Mercury in another, uh, where Barry is in costume and driving a car being chased by people, and it kind of has like a Mad Max vibe. Very and, then and, then, and then Wally and Wallace end up in the past where Wally was Kid Flash, and the art reflects that. I think all the art was done really well in this issue. I enjoyed it. Um, the issue, though, it feels just like your typical Flash hubbub. You know, I mean, I've seen this a million times before. Um, 
I need something that's going to sell me right away that it's not going to be the 75th time that I've read this story arc, you know? Um, so I'm curious, I am curious as to where it goes, but not driven to continue the story. If you know what I mean, it's, um, other than Jay and Irie, the other ideas of them off are just kind of meh. Um, we'll have to see where it goes though. So far it is an all right story. And again, the art is pretty damn good. Um, one, one thing worth note is like in the second panel of the book, Mr. Terrific talks to Wally by calling him Wally. Like he refers to him in the third person talking to Wally, and like, like Wally's not even there. Um, not sure why that happened, but it, it definitely, um, definitely. We're just talking about what, me. yeah, just talking about what Wally did. I, you know, I assume just like saying, yeah, Wally yeah, did this. Wally's, Wally's the only one there that, that he's well, Wally's not him, smart you know? enough to explain <laughs> speed force science. So he has to talk Wally about need, Wally need caveman speed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just a lowly keystone okay. mechanic, or at least he was. He ain't got the smarts like Barry Allen. So he, yeah. he needs he needs Mr. Terrific to explain it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you go boom, boom, zoom. Um, <laughs> uh, in any case, though, I mean, it was all right. I didn't hate it. It was, it was, it was good. Just nothing stellar. Seven point five. This one got an eight point five for me. The um, I, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, I, I'm I'm a sucker for a classic quest issue, and this is like, all right, Flash family's going on a quest. The quest to save Barry Allen. We gotta. You gotta figure out where he is. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's really, uh, the story itself, you can kind of tell is just an excuse to, to use the Flash family characters um, in different locations. I have no problem with that, as long as they just do them in a, in a genuine and earnest way. Um, so while the story that, that's, itself- That's like, I've got to see that for myself first. Yeah, well, well the story itself may be nothing deep. I think it'll just, it'll be a lot of fun to see like Jay and Max and, uh, and Jesse Quick you know, back in the limelight for a little bit, having having an adventure and doing something of importance. Um, the back half of the issue, which really focuses on Barry Allen on Earth Flashpoint One, I think it's called, um, was so painfully accurate to <laughs> the old 70s Flash stories. It Like, I, I almost cried. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many of those John Broom and Carrie Bates stories I've read that are so horribly corny. I mean, they're really entertaining, <laughs> but they're, yeah. they're so corny and they're exactly like that, where it's just like, you know, hit him with a blast of speed, kid. And it's, oh, it's like, oh my God, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. But it's, you know, it's, I, I think in this case, it's done very lovingly. Like you can tell that Jeremy Adams has at least read a good chunk of, of those old issues, a good handful. And said, "I'm going to do a you know a classic homage to that while Barry's stuck on this Earth, um, which I know was was already referenced in Infinite Frontier, but I think uh, Jeremy Adams is really playing it up, which I appreciated. So even down to like the old um, you know dots on the on the art to make it look like something from the Silver Age um, was yeah. was just all done very well." Um, and, Agreed. That that know, that was really cool. Wally Wally and Wallace's utter confusion. <laughs> at what's going on yeah. like kind of made me laugh like wally's probably like were we ever really i can't wait to see the next issue where he's just like i assume wallace will be like were you guys really that corny and he's like yeah we kind of were I'm not even yeah. gonna lie to you it was like that 
it really yeah. was like that. Um, so yeah, no, it was just a lot of fun. <laughs> and you can tell like this is this is uh, Jeremy Adams just treating a lot of these characters with a lot of love um, and, and and showing his his appreciation for the Flash mythos as a whole. So yeah, this one got an eight point five out of me. I was I was really satisfied. I'm giving it a solid eight point seven five. I'm a sucker for a multiverse story as long as it's got some interesting multiverse stuff. Elseworlds has always been a passion for me. Um, the first point to note on the art, you mentioned that the Earth Flashpoint 1 has like the classic dotted style. And I love when they do a mixture of the dotted style and modern art. Oh, yeah, that was in really the cool same too. panel where yeah. I, I believe Wally and Wallace are drawn. Yeah, like normal to by today's standards, with a dotted background, it's, it just looks amazing. Um, okay, I, if I can just comment on one of the multiverse flashes, Barry Allen's we saw, I believe it's where Jay and Irie ended up with uh, the the Allen Casino. Does that look familiar to you guys at all? Because it looks familiar to me, and I know what it looks like. I wasn't sure. I thought it might have been like a Wayne Tower type of thing, but for Barry Allen, but I, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, that was something new to me. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing anything that looked like that. But I'm yeah. assuming that Brandon's right. It's something like Barry Allen is Wayne Rich. I'm thinking it looks even just the the shadowy figure, which looks like Barry Allen behind Jay and Irie in the last panel. Uh, is very much like Flashpoint Batman. Oh, interesting. Could be. Yeah. You might be onto something there. Yeah, I mean, maybe, Wayne, maybe that's not. Yeah, maybe that's a maybe that's a casino too. I, I think that's what it even had on the the side. I, I in my mind it was a casino. I thought I saw the word casino, and Thomas Wayne in the Flashpoint world did have a line of casinos. Yeah. So maybe. Maybe there's an alternate flashpoint out there where Barry Allen is the uh, the, the man, dark brooding one. Yeah, like always, leave a trail and we'll find it, guys. A, a, a flash powered <laughs> Batman. I don't think I've ever seen that one before. I mean, I know there was the Dark Knight version of it. Oh, with the Red Death. Yeah, yeah, Red Death. But you know, uh, yeah. which yeah. might be the only cool of the dark, the only the cool one of the Darkest Nights. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. Red. Uh, yeah, honestly, it, it was a cool name. Yeah, <laughs> Batman. Red Death that. is also a character on Venture Bros, voiced by yeah. Fancy Brown. It was <laughs> just a, such a great job. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go on another tangent about that, so we'll, we'll move on. Um, the issue as a whole is a lot of fun. I love seeing the whole Flash family together. It's been a long time since we've seen uh, all these speedsters together in one room actually doing something. I'm sad to say, I think the last time we saw all these people together was Future State, and then they all died. Yeah. So that, that wasn't great. Um, mm -hmm. So it's fun to see them now. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're still missing some, though, aren't we? Uh, I think, well, I mean, Bart, obviously. Uh, Bart, um, that's what I keep forgetting is Bart. Yeah, but yeah I, I had that feeling, too. And I think, I think the only one I, I could think of that wasn't there was Max Mercury, but I don't know if he's still dead. Well, he was if in I'm this issue. Yeah. Um, or sorry, not Max Mercury. Um, um, uh, what's her, what's her name? Or no, Johnny Quick. That's who I'm thinking of. Johnny um, Quick from Earth Three. No, no, no. The other Johnny Quick. 
like the father of Jesse. Oh yeah, Jesse's yeah. father. Oh, I, I, don't, okay. I don't know From if he's still dead. Yeah. I th- I think he might be because I know he was like he was in the Speed Force at the end of yeah. Williamson's run, so he might still be dead. Um, so if that's the case, then yeah, I think this is mostly yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, I know there are like a million other speedsters out there, but like yeah. the main Flash family that we remember, I think, is everyone here, Sans Bart. Yeah, we we need Bart back. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk Sans about Avery. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about we'll Bart, Bart in the yeah. next issue. I think I think we need Fastback in there as well. Mm-hmm. We Avery. Avery. Well, Avery's technically dead right yeah. now. Oh wait, why did I? From JLI. Yeah. Oh, from, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the Dark uh. Crisis storyline, but hopefully Avery, when this is all said and done, does get folded into the Flash family proper. So I think as such, he's really only palled around with uh, Wallace and Barry. Yeah, yep. it's sort of built like that new rebirth Flash family that was like, yeah, um, yeah, Avery and Wallace, Barry, kind of Wally when he would show up. Yeah, um, and, right. and kind of like on the Flash show. <laughs> yeah, Godspeed occasionally. Yeah, well, it was just like, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes during that era, but they, they had like some kind of embargo where, they were like, Wally cannot show up in the flashbook. He can only be in Titans. And I remember seeing like in an interview or something where Williams had really had to fight to get him to be in Flash War because they for, for some reason they would just not let him be in the flashbook. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they had to pull some major strings to get all the Flash family in this one. Yeah, that's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. the The issue for me was a lot of fun. I've been digging this run of the Flash since uh, I switched over to Wally proper. Um, it's it's just it's one of the best books in the run right now. I gotta yeah. say, and it's I, been there, a there's... year. It's been a year, and they haven't it pulled any shenanigans. Like it. It I know. Feel like it. I can't. Believe there was it. that one issue that, and this is another discussion about curbing your expectations. I think we were all really excited about the choose your own adventure issue, mm. and it ended up being not that great. I really liked it, but that was yeah, crazy. it it um, was fun at times. But I yeah. also read it digitally, and I think it would have been better book physically. That, that if you're not reading it on a tablet or a phone, it's like impossible. Like I I yeah. I feel such sympathy for the people who read it on their laptops yeah. and on their desktops. <laughs> you were like you had to like you know like yeah. flip it upside down. Like oh my god, I pray I for can't you. Do um, it. But yeah. yeah, if you're reading on a tablet, you're good. But if you're reading it anywhere else, you were fucked. Yeah. Your, your um, mic is off, Josh. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm auto lock rotation. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was just I was shocked. It's been a year, and Wally's still the Flash, and they have not pulled any shenanigans. Like, oh, Barry's gonna you know return to the role. It's like the solicits make no mention of it. It's just like, yeah, Wally's the Flash now. All right, cool. yeah. And if this lasts two years, I'm gonna shit myself. Like, if they Great. if they just it settle never into does. It, I don't. They, I don't have a lot of hope yeah, for if, it. If they if they just settle into it and they're just like, you know what, fuck it. Like Barry Allen is is gonna be with the Justice League and Wally's the Flash now. If they actually just did that and they just settled into it, and and I I I'm not gonna say it's impossible, but I'm I'm I don't have high hopes for that happening. Um, but if they actually were just like, yeah, he's just he's gonna be the Flash for you know for the future now in the main title. I think most people would kind of be fine with that. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm, I'm settled into it. Like, I, I'm all for Wally being the. It's, the main it's been Flash. so much fun. It's yeah. been a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been for Wally being the main Flash for a long ass time. 
Like for pretty and much my I'd be completely okay with him having the old costume. Yeah. Just saying. With his hair sticking out in the the silver. Ooh. Yeah. I I I I love that costume. It's I, a good costume, but I don't know. I, I always had a problem with it because it made him look too much like Kid Flash was the thing. Because with the hair exposed, he just he looked it just it looks so much like Kid Flash to me that I'm like that that was probably yeah, but it's not thing. yellow. Yeah. I, I think that, that was, that was what it's like we a mix for. between the two. Yeah. And that's exactly it, where he wasn't he wasn't uh the flash proper anymore because Barry was back, mm-hmm. but he's too old to be kid flash, so he's yeah. he's kind it's of like in between. Yeah. But yeah. now he's like he has a flash costume. He is yeah. the flash. Like when people see him, yep. they're like, Yes, I know you, you are flush man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tevin P agrees yeah. with us. He says yeah. he is good with that. Barry needs to take a break. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yes. Well, he's taking a good long break being quote unquote dead right now. So yeah. <laughs> Kick back and relax while you're not dead. Yeah. I, the solicits so far take us at least to what may or may not be the end of the Dark Crisis tie ins for this run. And yeah. while he's still the Flash all the way through. Um, but, so we'll see when it Barry comes out of his personal hell. Uh, if, if he, he chooses, hangs up the tights? Well, I, I don't know but hangs up the tights because he, he did want to jo- go join the JLI. Now mm-hmm. Avery's with the JLI. So who knows what's going to happen there. You yeah. could have two flashes on the Justice League, I guess. You That's have, what I would do. That that would just, you, would, you would have the JLI either as an ongoing or just somewhere out there. Like you never yeah. exist. And Barry would be the representative of Earth Zero in in the JLI, um, yeah, and then it's not necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, it's um, like he's still using. Alternatively, like bear with me on this; it's a bit out there. But there have been books in the past where characters with multiple. And yes, I know I'm pulling on Green Lantern, <laughs> but there was the entire like before Kyle Rayner, the early 1990, the, those issues that I think it started in 1990. Um, volume two, you had Hal, Guy, and John all wearing the Green Lantern ring, and they yeah. shared the book. And each story arc sometimes was the three of them together, sometimes was just a guy's story, sometimes was just a John story. So you could maybe do that with Wally and Barry. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, if 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 they feel like they want to just have them all kind of share the book. That would be great. I think yeah. you could even you could even take it a step further and just I mean you have three generations of the flash currently active. So why not yeah. embrace that? Like you can have an arc that focuses on Barry, you can have an arc that focuses on Wally and you can have an arc that focuses on Jay, which yeah. I don't think anyone has ever done aside from like, you know, a couple one shots here or there, but um, yeah. it would be pretty, pretty sick to see like, let's just have an arc that focuses like on Jay Garrick, either in the past or in the present, just, you know, as, as a, as the elder statesman of the flash family. Exactly. Okay hear me out rather than doing i mean every big hero has developed over decades it's its own little mini universe uh, you know batman's got all the robins and bad adjacent characters and i'm pretty sure he more than double out beats every other character but superman wonder woman they they've all got those 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 uh character specific mini universes you know that are just centric to them and why can't we have books about them where that's just that they're like on the team you know it's like a titans book but it's just wonder women 
a Titans book, but it's just the flashes, you know? I mean, the Titans book just saying that in place of like a team book that's yeah. done well. Yeah, Maybe, we, yeah. Get, we get to see all of them, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm talking I, about. I remember like reading somewhere that Jeff Johns had an idea of like a speed force book where it would, it would basically just focus on the flash family. So kind of like that, where you just have all these characters together acting, not necessarily as a team, but just working together um, and, and doing what they do as the flash family. But I, I think that was one of those pre flashpoint books that was either like halfway there and just didn't make it or was in development and was never really a thing. Um, but, you know, someone could pick it up. You never know. Speed Speed Force would be an excellent title for that mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was like, I'm assuming. I, I th- honestly, it might have just been like a, a load of bullshit, like just a ton of speculation. But it, it was something like, yeah, it was Speed Force. And then I think he wanted to bring, I think he wanted to either bring in Impulse, um, which would have then been Iray. Um, into the main title or spin it off and like Wally would have his own book with Impulse um, with with his daughter. So basically like a father-daughter book. So you would have the main Brightest Day Flash title with Barry Allen, a book with Wally West and Impulse, and then a Speed Force book that focuses on the Flash family. But again, I don't, I don't, I think all of that is just like conjecture. Like I think it was just taken from like some random fucking convention where he was saying that. So I don't even know how much of that is true. Um, I don't care if it's true or not. Uh, it would have been cool. Yeah, it's a great not a title. bad idea. Yeah, the Wonder Woman's universe book would obviously be called uh, Amazon's. We've pretty much got the Batman one already with Batman Inc. That one could easily de- or, be divided well, I was thinking into more two urban or legends. three. They, they've urban had a legends. ton of those over the years. Like Shadow of the Bat was basically a Bat Family book, and yeah. um, uh, whatever the hell was before. Oh, and um, Batman Family. I think that was a thing in like the seventies. Yeah. Um, so. Well, so, 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 like the the majority of them out there were covered. <laughs> but what would you call the Superman one? Like, if if there were if you were going to head up an ongoing comic that was all about the Super Family, um, from Steel to Connor to John to Clark, everybody. Um, well, honestly, this is going to sound weird, but um, I guess we're going on a tangent before we get to our last book, but. Um, building up the for, suspense for it. Yeah, for yeah. for all of the um, for all of the characters that kind of have families in the DC universe, I don't know that I would give Superman a family book. I know that sounds like weird to say, but honestly, I feel like all the characters in the Superman family are so distinct they could really just carry their own books. Like Connor could easily have his own Superboy title, and at this point, John Kent is his own Superman, so he could certainly do that. Clark is mainlining action comics, and Kara will obviously have the Supergirl and or Superwoman title. So they're kind of off doing their own thing. Um, mm. Like, I, I don't know that they really work as a team. I mean, they, they can. I, they have, I think, but I if, think if that I writing. Do it, yeah, it, it would be like, it would be more focused on like the ancillary characters like Steel, like the people who work at the Daily Planet. But I don't know how interesting that would be to read. It's just the Superman family is kind of different in that I think so many of those characters are independent that they would work better in solo books than in a team book. Unless unless the direction that they went with it was not action-based. 
And Tevin P, I think you're right. Bat Legacy would be a good title for a, for a Batman adjacent team book. That would be pretty cool. Um, we know how much ba- uh, Brandon likes legacy characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, speaking of legacy you know, characters, it, that's a hell of a transition. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Give, give, give. If if we if we didn't go for an action book but went for like a character development book that could lead to ongoing series for the individual characters. We could get a steel mini, we could get uh, an ongoing Connor book if, if it's done right. And Oh man, just, I can't believe I'm saying this, but something, not him, but something in the style of Tom King writing that where it's, it's a Why lot Tom more King? character because uh-huh. he writes very character introspective yeah. fleshing, fleshing that kind of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, th- that part of the story out. Um, but not Tom King because he'll never write anything I'd suggest. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see like, um, like the, I think they've had this in the past, but I don't think it was an ongoing, but like a, a Gotham central approach, but not for the Metropolis police department. Although you could certainly try that. Um, but like a Daily Planet book, like I think I think Marvel tried like to do a yeah I think I think Marvel tried to do a Daily Bugle book, um, and it it was one of those books that got killed by the pandemic. Um, but I, I think you could try that for for um, the Daily Planet and just see like see if people would be on board with something like that um, and whether or not it would yeah. work. Um, Tales from Metropolis, I'd be down yeah. for that too. There yeah. could be two of them. That was solid. Mm-hmm. I, when it comes to Superman family in one book and, and doing adventures as a family, we've really already had that over the years with action comics. I want another one. Well, why not just keep it in action <laughs> comics? You know, like that's once once this whole story arc is done and Clark eventually makes it back to Earth, that's a secret. Um yeah. Just yeah, have him one, palling right? around with the family. Like Connor yeah. clearly, and we'll get into this later, uh, wants a relationship. And he's got his son, John, and Steel's back. Supergirl's around. Uh, there's tons of characters. And they've all been in action comics before. Like Connor and, and uh, John Henry debuted in action comics. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's the easiest book to have a Superman family adventure. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, what you say about Tom King, there's a thing in Hollywood when it comes to casting calls that I've always kind of nitpicked about. And I always thought it was really silly. <laughs> every so often you'll get a casting call for a big movie where they're the, like, uh, we're, we want a, a Zac Efron type or we want a Brad Pitt type. And in my mind, I'm like, don't ever say Zac Efron you just want in Zac the same Efron. sentence again. You, you just want, you, if you want a Brad Pitt type, just ask Brad Pitt. So if you want a writer like Tom King, Josh, I think you just want Tom King. Yeah. Oh, but see, I want Tom King's kind of style, but I want somebody who can wrap a story up. I, I don't know. I get like <laughs> if you're like you're asking for too if much. Yeah, <laughs> if you're looking for something that's like really character driven, I would think like someone who goes in for that kind of atmosphere type of thing. I would go with like a like a Greg Rucka, but I don't think he wants to do any more Superman stuff yeah. anytime soon. Or um, you know, Kyle Higgins, but I don't think he wants to do any DC stuff anymore. Or um, <laughs> I mean, all of these people—they're just kind of done. Like they—they yeah. they had their time, and they're like, "Hey, I'm, 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 I'm out. Like I'm, I'm good." But yeah, yeah. So, so I could see someone like that kind of uh, having that approach. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of legacy characters, I guess it's a good way to segue to our last book 
for the night and then are we what's the plan are we going to keep going or yeah um, we've got some interesting topics to talk about if you yeah i mean we're we're almost two hours in and i feel like we haven't even really got to the good stuff yet yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so let's uh, let's wrap uh, this up before we get into the book i just want to say i found uh my batman armor costume Ooh, yeah very nice Oh shit! Oh, it's you got you got your green melding screen. into yeah. the Green Lantern back. <laughs> Hang on, let me fix this. Just drape it over you. There we go. Yeah, my uh, Batman costume right here. Yes, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Batman. All right, now uh, back to White Knight Batman. Super, Super Saiyan Batman. <laughs> Super Saiyan Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, right. We are on to Dark Crisis Young Justice number one. Sis. And this is written by Megan Fitzmartin with art by Laura Brega. Colors from Luis Guerrero and letters from Pat Brousseau with a very nice cover from Max Dunbar and Luis Guerrero. So we catch up with Young Justice following, uh, actually starting at the wake of the Justice League, or the funeral, as they put it here. Uh, Candlelight Vigil, whatever you want to call it. There's all sorts of names for it. Uh, they, the, the four of them uh, talk again, meet up for the first time in who knows how long. It's been a while. Uh, as they point out later for some of them, it's been at least since uh, Bendis was still writing at DC. And that wasn't always the greatest time for them either because uh, they, they proceed to go on about how yeah. even they, most of them, if not all of them, have died at some point or another, at least Connor and Bart. Yeah. And it's been a hell of a time. died, but that was yeah. such, a, such a load. He didn't that, that, was, that was just Mr. Oz. That was just Mr. Oz. Yeah. Just Mr. Oz. <laughs> We've all died. We've all died. Some yeah. of us more than once, but uh, oh wait, these guys have died too. The Justice League have died too. They've all died multiple times, so we should probably be super sad right now because we just know that this is the last time. Has Cassie died? I don't even know. Actually. I was just thinking, I don't think Cassie's died. Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, I know Bart has died. She's kind of been forgotten right about for a yeah, couple of I, I had I had a note about that that uh, well anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think I think Cassie's the only one that actually hasn't died. Yeah. Her spirit died. A little inside. Her spirit died. Speaking Her of presence death, on the page died. Yeah, a, a, another character whose uh, career basically died. Arrowette appears. Oh my god! Yeah, what the hell? In, including any sense of heroic duties that she once had. Um, Winner of the lamest name award goes to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wasn't Speedy available at the time? I mean, Grace, that's better than Arrowette for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so they're all meeting up and having a very awkward conversation about how they haven't really talked very closely in a while and, and how worried they are about the Justice League and how they haven't really been a team and kept in touch since they were a lot younger. And then all of a sudden, Bart, Tim, and Connor just disappear with a bloop. Thanos snapped his oh, fingers yeah. and took half the Young Justice. And... Cassie and Arrowette, whose name does, escapes me, uh, are getting a little worried. Sissy. There is... Yeah, Sissy King Jones. I Sissy, that's it. Uh, this is something I find interesting because I'm looking at this now and I'll bring this up later. Uh, Black Lightning and John Cantor also present. I'll bring that up in a minute. 
So we then go to <laughs> Tim, who is waking up to Alfred, waking him up out of his bed, saying there is uh, a young justice alert, and he's going to fetch his Robin suit. And then we see Connor waking up in a hotel somewhere, uh, potentially in Miami or just an island. And Double X is there. And yeah, he's yeah. telling Connor that Young Justice needs speaking of another person who is just dead. And then yeah. we see Impulse is at a gym training with Max Mercury and Wally. Uh, and then they are uh, training. Yeah, they're training him and telling him to be careful and how he needs to maybe think a little more. Uh, don't think so fast, even though he's Impulse. It's what he does. And he finds out that uh, maybe he's not in the right world. See, Bart. Maybe. Yeah, Bart being Bart didn't really catch on to what the hell's going on as fast as Tim and Connor did. Because Bart's an enigma. That's because Bart's a dope. Yeah. <laughs> so I love <laughs> Bart. So one of my favorite be. things about yeah. Bart is his yeah, name is Impulse. He, he runs into danger and he doesn't think very quickly. <laughs> it's it's a fantastic trope. Uh, so the, the three of them end up in Happy Harbor, Rhode Island, the first headquarters of the Justice League, if you remember. At, I believe that was called uh, Justice Mountain? Justice Mountain. I think, yeah. Yes. Oh, right before that, Impulse does take a tour around the United States and finds none other than uh, Connor Hawk, Zoriel, uh, Kyle Rayner, and uh, I believe that is Artemis. It is, Next yeah. to Kyle Rayner's picture. Zoriel, what a character that also died so we yeah. have the trio now in their classic 90s costumes at that <coughs> uh, finding out and trying to find out the time period they're in and they say uh, tim finds out that the the latest news available is the death of superman uh, he cannot find anything else past that and they then find some trouble on screen so they race off uh, Connor with his cool 90 sunglasses as well. That was nice to see. Uh, back on Earth Zero, uh, Cassie and Sissy are trying to figure out just where they went. And Sissy's like, no, I'm done with the hero business. You, you're on your own. Uh, so Cassie gets a little and extraneous about it and wonders what she's going to do next. Uh, back to the trio of boys. They go to where the trouble is. And it is none other than the mighty endowed and this is a throwback to right. a previous issue. Uh, <laughs> longtime Young Justice fans would know exactly what storyline this is. And Brandon, I bet you knew right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, which I, I had not, I was not reading Young Justice back then, but I did take a look at some panels from the original issue. A lot of it is, is very different, I'll say, but it, close enough to be accurate. Uh, so then we go. We head back to Earth Zero, where Cassie is now going around asking for help to find Bart, Tim, and Connor. Uh, she starts with the Flash Museum with the Resident Flash family, who are uh, starting to figure out how to help save Central City and the planet. So they're going to divvy up responsibilities. And Cassie's begging for help, but Wally says, uh, "If he's with, if Bart's with Connor and Tim." That's probably for the best. Uh, they just need time to grieve. So then she heads to Bloodhaven to talk to uh, Dick Grayson uh, and see if maybe he wants to help. But he says the same thing, that he just needs time to grieve. He took Bruce's death really hard. Just give him some space. 
And then he goes, she goes to Metropolis to talk to John, and he says, I wish I knew where Connor was. Uh, I'd take all the help I can get right now. Dude, you were standing right there. He disappeared out of thin air. <laughs> I didn't realize this before. That should have been cause for alarm. You'd think, right? You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> so Cassie gives up and uh, laments her friend's disappearance uh, and just hopes they are okay. And back to wherever the trio are, they're fighting the mighty endowed. Um, as going exactly how do you expect, especially with the name like the mighty endowed. Uh, they're not quite as young as they were when they first met her. Uh, so it goes by a little smoother. <laughs> uh, but uh, she, she begins to get the upper hand because it's not going quite as they remember. Uh, then Connor remembers exactly what happens next, saying, don't worry, guys, someone is coming to our rescue. And then you see classic Cassie in her red star-spangled pants and uh, Wonder Woman tank top with goggles. I forgot she had goggles. Uh, coming to save the day and defeat the mighty endowed and join Young Justice. So now there's two Cassies, and who knows what's going to happen next. So it, it was quite the issue, especially if you're a Young Justice fan. A lot of emotions, a lot of fun, a lot of throwbacks, nostalgia-filled adventure. Going into this, I was very curious just how the hell they were going to make this make sense. Uh, and I'm still kind of curious how it makes sense. Uh, why were those three taken out of nowhere? And why are they on an Earth together? Is this Earth Young Justice point one? And why wasn't Cassie taken? There's so many questions involved, but fuck it. I'm enjoying the ride so far. <laughs> so... Um, I give it an 8.5, or no, an 8 out of 10. Sorry, not 8.5, 8 out of 10. Uh, the art was pretty, I wouldn't say stellar, but it was it was interesting enough to uh, keep you keep your attention. Uh, especially that splash panel of the three of them heading off to whatever danger is um, on the horizon. Mm. So much nostalgia, so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh boy. So this is, this is going to be a weird one. Uh, my, my biggest note being, I don't understand how a story can hit me so good emotionally, but have so many continuity mistakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, oh my God, my, my, my brain, my, my overweight nerd brain could not handle it. Um, <laughs> you know, okay. So, so let me start with the positive. The emotional stuff in this issue is great. And I, I posted this on our discord. And I, I really agree with it. Everything where it's talking about like this this generation, they just feel kind of awkward. They feel like confused because the next generation is coming up and they're finding their way, but they're slowly getting more and assured or more assured of themselves. Meanwhile, the older generation, you know, Dick's generation, like they're they're already established at this point. They're comfortable where they are. But this like I don't know what you call it, like the, the second legacy generation of your Tim Drakes and Connor Kent's and Bart Allen's. They just feel kind of awkward because they don't really know what to do anymore. And as Cassie points out, in a lot of ways, they haven't really grown up because Dick Grayson is Nightwing. He's no longer Robin, but it's been 30 years since Tim Drake has come out and he's still Robin. And it's been 30 years since Bart Allen has come out and he has gone from Kid or he's gone from Impulse to Kid Flash to Flash back to Kid Flash to Impulse again. So he literally did like a round circle, which is, yeah. they, they, it's, so again, it's like, they, they just kind of feel stuck in place. And all that stuff was like, yeah, I, I understand that. And I, I sympathize with them and that they do feel kind of lost. And maybe that's some commentary on 
editorial not really knowing what to do with them. But I understand where they are and, and their position. So the emotional stuff, all that resonated incredibly well. And I was really surprised. Now the continuity stuff, and I know this is a minor nitpick, but it was just, it was like, I couldn't believe that some of this stuff happened because I am by no means an expert. I, 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 I know I may come across that way, but there's a lot that I don't know about DC continuity. And there are a lot of things that even I'm still learning about. But my God, the number of things that even I could flag were like, just, oh my God. Okay, so, so let's, let's take it apart piece by piece. So, and I won't spend too much time on this because I want to talk about other things. But the first one, the most glaring one, at least I caught, and I noticed this in the, in the preview that they released for this issue, was one where Cassie had mentioned a, a kiss that happened in the ass end of, of Jeff Johns' run on Teen Titans, where Cassie and Tim have a moment after Connor's death in Infinite Crisis where they, for some reason, feel like they have to kiss. And it was a really weird moment, and I had hoped that would be lost to time, but it appears that they're trying to drudge that up again. Um, but Cassie mentions that, oh God, I hope Connor never finds out about it. And I jokingly posted to our Discord a panel from Adventure Comics number two from 2009 where cassie tells connor about the kiss so i guess she forgot about that <laughs> maybe the writer did i don't know but i was i was i was almost tempted to like put it on instagram or something and say adventure comics one dollar at your local comic book store you can find it in any dollar bin and it will tell you exactly when cassie had told connor about that kiss but anyway a minor nitpick at best um I would say the one of the more glaring ones really was just so, and, and this was this was more about when this flashback or, or wherever Earth they are takes place, like in time, because one of the things that Tim mentions is that this takes place immediately following the death of Superman, which according to Wikipedia took place in 1992. But Young Justice didn't come out until 1998. And yeah. Bart Allen, as Impulse, did not debut until 1994. Which means if this is right after the death of Superman, Bart Allen shouldn't be here. They shouldn't know he exists. They also mentioned, and I, I, again, I, I, this feels like such a nitpick, like such a small thing, but it just, my mind was, was, was scrambling. Um, but they mentioned that there's an upcoming cataclysm, or I think they mentioned that that the earthquake had already happened or something like that, which if that was the case, no way in hell would Tim have woken up in Wayne Manor because it would be a smoldering wreck by now. Uh, it was the, the, me, the earthquake is about to happen. In yeah, okay. I, I wasn't right. sure if they were saying it had already happened or if it was about to happen, because if it already happened, Tim Drake should not be there. But if it hasn't happened yet, then that, that, that just goes back to what I said earlier. Then, you know, if this took place immediately after the death of Superman, how the hell are you know Bart Allen and uh, and Connor Kent around to talk about Young Justice if this is supposed to be you know well over six years before that title would even be on shelves? So I don't know. There was a lot of stuff that was just yeah. like and what? Connor didn't even really exist until well yeah, after. Yeah, I think Superman I think died. Connor didn't come out until like two after two, two issues after or two months after yeah. the the death of Super. So I don't I don't know. I'm in my mind. He debuted I'm like, as a replacement during the yeah, reign of I'm, Superman. I'm, just, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna chalk this up to a. Uh, oops, we forgot to check the timeline on this. Yeah, uh, I assume that's what happened. On all of this, um, on all of it. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, it's it's like it's almost laughably, or it's it's almost laughable in how they kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Um, <laughs> it's just like, 
even I'm not an expert. And even I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. If yeah. This is after the death of Superman. How are they young justice? That shouldn't have happened yet. So this is well before that. Um, so I don't know. It was, I, I don't know how, how a story could resonate with me so emotionally, but have so many glaring mistakes um, in it. And I, I know, again, it's, it's minor stuff. It's, it's stuff that ultimately doesn't really matter that much. But it is kind of embarrassing that, like, you could just overlook that many things um, in the grand scheme. But it is what it is. So I also gave this one an 8 out of 10. Like, I enjoyed it, barring all of the, you know, laughable mistakes here and there. Um, but, yeah, it was just, you know, it's just like, how do you miss that, man? How do I get that? You don't get that. I don't even work for you. You shouldn't miss <laughs> I that. Know. They shouldn't miss that. There like, should on, be somebody man. at DC there catching the shit. This yeah. is it. There's yeah, no like, reason I, I, for that much you know, to go through. Don't don't let me do your job for you. You guys are getting paid for it. You should do yeah. it. Give me a or or pay me. Pay me to do break. it. I will I will work for the minimal fee. I will work for less than minimum wage, and I will literally just be your fact checker. Just run it by me. I have a timeline in my brain. If you if you just like text me and say I don't know whoever is editing this book, just text me and say like hey. Was this 1992 or 1994? I don't feel like checking Wikipedia. I will give you the answer within seconds. Yeah, he's the librarian. Yeah. Um, Man knows this stuff. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I know my stuff. Yeah. Wait, did you give a score? Yeah, I said that 8 out of 10. 8 out okay. Did I give a score? Yes, you said eight out of ten. I okay, yeah. <laughs> I actually forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not exactly on the same field as you guys on this one. Um. I with it being Young Justice and the theme of the book, I was expecting it to be an emotional read for me, but it just kind of fell flat. Um. It felt seriously unimportant. Um, I thought the premise of it was weird. The story was weirder. It's here just to be here. And the mighty endowed of all the people <laughs> that that you could have thrown young justice up against is is the mighty endowed with the hypno boobs. Is that the character that we need to have? I feel like there could have been a lot more to it. Um also, like Brandon said, there's a lot of major inconsistencies. There's also inconsistencies with the way that people are drawn. Um, I didn't enjoy the art because of this, because it was different with every couple of page turns, and it wasn't different art teams. At least it, 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 it wasn't very uniform at all. Um, I gave Dark Crisis a 6 out of 10. I was not going to mention the costume inconsistencies, because at that point it would have just been like... An hour yeah. at that point of me just saying it um but the the, the one the one that i will mention sense. yeah the one that i will mention very briefly is just the flashback to bart pushing superboy prime into the speed force which is an awesome moment from infinite crisis he did that as kid flash that should be recognized he's not impulse he deserves it hashtag justice for bart that's all i gotta say he was kid flash he's <laughs> not impulse he'd outgrown his impulsive ways at that time For the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Um, yeah. Definite six out of ten for me on this one. Yeah, fair enough. Right on. 
Fair enough, indeed. Um, uh, I think it very well could be time for something a little lighthearted. Are we going to do our top three, or are we just going to go into our, our chat, or or are we going to? Well, I mean, I did a top three, <laughs> but it's, it's completely yeah. up to you guys, man. Yeah, I can do a top three. I've got yeah. a favorite moment picked out for sure. Okay. So we're going to do our top three? Yeah. Yay. All right. Um, uh, my top three are uh, coming in on number three is going to be duo. Number two is milestones in history. And number one is Nightwing. Um, they were all such solid books. Um, I highly recommend everybody go read them. I, I gave all of those nines too. And nice. my favorite, uh, my favorite moment, I'm gonna give to the Prince story in Milestones, just because I'm such a Prince fan. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much in no particular order, but in the order I list them might be the most accurate. Uh, number three, I had Flash seven eighty three. Uh, number. Two was Aquaman and Flash Void Song. That surprised even me. And at number one, I had World's Finest. Number four, uh, just because that damn moment. <laughs> uh, which honestly is not even my favorite moment. As exciting as that was, my favorite is probably uh, Bart, Connor, and Tim racing out of the the uh, Justice Mountain. Yeah. What complete with costume consistencies, yes, but it just looks so cool. <laughs> even even though it shouldn't make sense chronologically, it is a it is a nice moment. Yeah. Chronologically, it should be like Bart Allen would show up, and then Tim would be like, "Who are you? I don't know you. I've never yeah. met you. I didn't even know there was another speedster." And then Connor would be like, "I'm Superman," because at this point he's still pretending to be Superman. Um, yeah. That actually, that would have been really entertaining. I, I would have almost wanted to see that more. Like, if they had thrown them onto another Earth and they had to meet each other again, like they had never met before. Uh, maybe they'll do that in another issue. I don't know. But yeah. Um, as for me, I mine was kind of similar to yours, Rob. At um, number three, I had Flash 783. And number two, um, I had Nightwing, which I almost wanted to tie. Um, with Black Adam, because I did really enjoy that one. But for the sake of our 100th episode, I will not break the rules and, uh, and have a tie. Uh, number one, I had uh, Batman, Superman, World's Finest. Honestly, just because of the fight. Like, I don't know. Some, sometimes, sometimes you just got to put away the logic and, the, and yeah. the sense and just be like, you know what? This is fun. Let me, yeah. just, let me just not even think. Batman and Superman hybrid with the fucking Green Lantern ring, whatever. I don't care. It's just cool. Let me just yeah. turn my brain off and not even try and make sense of this. <laughs> and it helps that Dan Moore makes it look so fucking cool. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, favorite moments, um, honestly. Dan Moore makes everything look cool. The whole chase scene of the BPD versus Nightwing. Like, I couldn't even pick a favorite moment out of that. It was just so well done. Um, Bruno Redondo, man. He's up for best penciler in the Eisners this year, and I don't think he'll win, but damn if he doesn't deserve it. He does deserve it. Just I, I, I really hope he wins there. best cover artist, though. I, I genuinely don't think anyone outside of, I mean, 
maybe the covers to May's book, but even those I don't think I've liked as much as I like the Nightwing covers this year. They've just been just knocking out of the park. Indeed they have, man. Indeed they have. Well, I guess that's it for the nice sides of things, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, then it might just be time for... The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Yes, it is. At least this week's was. What was your guys's? Probably Catwoman. Well, not bad. Just definitely the weakest one I read of this week. Oh, mine's Catwoman too, but mm. mine's because I, did, I I just don't know what happened to this book. <laughs> I, mine's not Catwoman, but I don't see. I didn't hate anything enough to really consider something a stinker. Uh, do I detect I an abstention? No, Is he taking some my my Lanta. Yeah, my Lanta. That's the stuff. Pepto Bismol. I don't know. I, I kind of want to put Young Justice on just because of all the Bullshit. shenanigans going on in there. Uh, as as emotional and um, nostalgia filled as it was, and a lot of fun, it it was a book that really took you out of the the moment a lot with how inconsistent it was. Mm-hmm. See, I would have Young Justice on my biggest stinker too if I had any faith in something with the label dark crisis on it but i do not yeah. i expected more out of catwoman that's what let me down yeah. more that's what gets that's 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 what lands on the biggest stinker just ew seriously it's yeah. fucking embarrassing just a little bit anyway yeah like i said though if you want to pay me if you want to pay me to fact check your books i will do it yeah I will do it for free for a week, but then I got to get paid after that because I'm, I'm not going yeah, to do trials. Come on, DC, for crying out loud. We're talking about a, a, a 30 day free trial. Yeah. If you turn this down, you are definitely. Well, not 30 days. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not working a month for free. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting my paycheck after a week, but I, yeah. I, will give, I will give you a seven day free trial. Let's say that. Um, and after oh, that, I need, to see some, I need to see some cash. Yeah. So I don't, I don't work pro bono. I like, if, if you're going to hire me full-time, I expect to get paid. Just you might like be with able every to pay free trial. Friends, yeah, exactly. With, with every seven-day free trial, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to charge their credit card a dollar <laughs> to make sure it actually works first. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, we're going to need that credit card number. But, um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess that's it for the biggest thinker, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, well, so what's what's the plan? Because we're, I mean, we're at two fifteen right now, and yeah. I mean, we haven't really gotten to chat about other stuff. But yeah, well, I, I've, you know, I've, I don't want to keep no, you guys haven't. for too long. So I uh, have nowhere to go. We said yeah. we were going to do this live stream. Got a lot of stuff covered into it. I thought we were going to get through the books a little bit faster, but yeah. I think we're okay. I don't have any place to go not no. for anything. It's the hundredth episode, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's why I was kind of. I, I didn't think it was going to take this long either. So I, I mean, you know, worst case, worst. I was thinking we could just do another one where we're not reviewing anything. We can just kind of talk. But um, yeah, I, I would hate to blow you know, our hundredth episode on just reviews. Like we gotta, we gotta celebrate with others. Exactly. 
Well, I've got Definitely. a whole host of topics to talk yeah, about. On my yeah, mind. yeah, let's get into it. It's excellent, um, deal, man, because this is where we have our fun anyway. Yeah, well, I will well, be right I, back. I mean, give me a couple minutes. I need to go grab a uh, grab some more. <laughs> sure. Hop on in and have some fun, guys. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Let's, let's hear this list. Okay. So, well, first off, I just want to plug uh, people out there. If you're in the London, Ontario area. This Saturday, I will be at the London or Forest City Comic Con in London. Uh, hence why I, we're not doing another live stream, because I'm going to be out of town all weekend. <laughs> uh, and why we're doing it on a Thursday and not a Friday. Apologies if it's inconvenient for you. But come see me if you're in the London, Ontario area Saturday. I'll be there all day uh, working. I don't remember the number of the booth, but you'll see me for sure. Nice. Yeah, I'll be going around uh, talking to some people. I got a little lapel pin mic. Uh, if you want to chat and just do some fun comics talk, I'll be there all day. Be sure to check it out. Uh, but first, I don't even know which topic to go through first. Because there's a lot of, of interesting TV stuff is happening right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Brandon, I don't know if you've been watching Obi-Wan. I just finished the series today. I have not. I've been so behind on a lot of the streaming shows. Honestly, the only one that I've really been faithfully watching, at least for the past like couple weeks, has been The Boys. Yeah. Um, which I I know I know <laughs> That's the, I know the topic I, have. I know the much hyped herogasm is coming up, and I swear if YouTube recommends me another fucking clip of one of the actors talking about how depraved. Herogasm is going to be. I'm going to break my computer because I'm like at this point. I like just just show me the damn thing. Like I haven't read yeah. Herogasm comic with Ennis and uh, I forget who does the art. Um, like I I've I've no frame of reference for this. So I'm going in completely blind and honestly I'm pretty scared because they're talking like Kripke's over here running his mouth talking about episodes been banned in four countries. And Jensen Ackles is saying, I was doing some stuff that even I was shocked that I could do on camera. And I'm like, oh, my God, what, yeah. what are you going to show me? How Please don't hurt me. Did they actually kill a prostitute? Like, what's going on? Like, I, I don't have a high tolerance for this stuff. Like, just, yeah, let's, let's just see it. OK, Th this is the whole discussion again about curbing expectations. You hype this up too much. And if it sucks, yeah. we're going to be pissed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but they did actually release. Uh, I think it's a 30 second teaser with mm -hmm. some some brief glimpses of characters throughout the show and it does not look like any of them are in anywhere sexual but okay. it does also have a warning label at the beginning of the clip after the deep says it's herogasm oh, and it says this episode depicts a massive soup orgy airborne penetration dildo based maiming extra strength lube oh. icicle phalluses and cursing it is not suitable for any audience so that is definitely, if accurate, a glimpse of what may or may not be coming mm -hmm. tomorrow. <laughs> oh, um, I'm terrified. <laughs> I, I don't have any time to watch it at home because pretty much as soon as I'm getting home from work, uh, I'm showering, then we're hitting the road. So I unfortunately might have to watch this on the bus, and I hope I don't sit next to anyone because oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to wait the whole weekend Lord to watch you this. if you do. <laughs> 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 but see, you you actually have you and Isaiah have actually read Herogasm. So yeah. I'm in the dark. Like I have deliberately avoided it 
because I want myself to, or I want to be surprised. Like I don't, I don't want any kind of frame of reference for this. Yeah, which is I'm probably afraid. for the best. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. So I'm like, you guys seem like seasoned veterans to this, and I'm like, oh god, what, what's Not only happen? did I read Hero Gasm, it was also my intro to the boys, Jesus. which is not a very good intro. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Yeah, or a very good intro, depending on, yeah. on how you look at it. Like, I guess I should ask, like, how have you been feeling about this season so far? I, I've been digging the whole series. It mm-hmm. it took a bit of getting used to the fact that they were going so far away from the original story, which I'm not mm-hmm. against. But the way I see when you have long-running characters that have existed for decades, like Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Batman, mm-hmm. it's perfectly natural to take cues from the comics and make an original story because it it's easier that way. Mm-hmm. And when you get the, the modern movies and series these days, you get your original stories with cues from the comics. Like we got references to demon in a bottle in Iron Man two yeah. while not fully existing in that story. But when you have a self-contained story like the boys, and this is my issue with the runaways TV series, mm-hmm. it's characters that have had basically a single story, um, there's not much room for original work because the people that have read it are in love with that story. So they want to see that story adapted. Uh, so when you have the boys with it's, I, I think it was 55 issues, 65, something like, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. It, it was one long ongoing self-contained story, uh, which not with not much room for uh, leniency on pretty much any fucking law on the planet earth. Uh, so to, take that story and go in a different direction is is definitely a, a ballsy move but i think it worked out for it yeah like when you found out at the end of season one that becca was alive my mind was fucking blown oh yeah and friends of mine who didn't read the comic are like oh it's so predictable but like no it's not fucking predictable yeah i did not see that coming a mile away because oh i definitely that, that whole yeah. thing of becca being dead was the entire reason butcher was doing what he was doing yeah and to find out that they had a son yeah yeah which i mean that that whole like arc um in season two was was great um just i mean because homelander is to to call him emotionally stunted is you know is is not even close to hitting the mark he's like so 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 far yeah it's definitely an understatement he's like so far deep into emotional being you know emotionally stunted it's it's ridiculous but yeah i think i think they were yeah i think they were really like playing that up where it's like oh my god i have a son i don't even i barely know how to be an adult let alone be a father Um, yeah so all that was barely (laughs) and then try trying to juggle that with his you know his new squeeze stormfront which that was a whole thing so um yeah yeah no season two I, i really dug that and i think season three um has has definitely satisfied me in a lot of ways also kind of like i I don't know if elevating is the right word but maybe giving more attention to some characters who were kind of like side characters before but are now kind of like main characters that like ashley who's kind of kind of is going through her own power trip right now like yeah I, i forget what episode it was i think it was three but when she pulled out like the Homelander strap on, I was like, "Oh my god!" Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what what the are you doing? Shit. Yeah. This is not season one, Ashley. This is she's she's come a long way. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's I, I also, and maybe this is just me, but I feel like they're leaning a lot more into like parody for this season, where they're like spoofing a lot of stuff. So they had like that that uh, the 
Pepsi ad that they were spoofing or like a lot of other corporate type things that they're parodying that um, definitely feel very relevant, but are, are also done su surprisingly entertainingly because sometimes parodies can be kind of like lame. Cheesy. But, yeah, cheesy. Yeah. Um, but, but these actually feel like, you know, they're, they're, they're surprisingly fun to watch. So. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, knowing that they cannot accurately and thankfully they cannot accurately um, depict hero gasm on screen. Uh, I can't help but be exceptionally curious as to what in the hell that's even going to be. Brandon, I understand that you have not had the chance to read hero gasm. I have not. Yeah, I um, I did not have the staying power to read all the boys. Um, I wanted to. Famously, the quote about that series is it was going to out preacher preacher. And I think it did, but I think I think it also outpreached itself too much to the point where I just couldn't handle it because like there, I mean, preacher it was, pushed me, yeah, preacher pushed me to the breaking point a lot, like more so than any other comic I've ever read. And I think yeah. the boys was where I was like, okay, I can't, this is too much. So until I get to a place where I can actually finish that series, um, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I've not read Herogasm. Uh, I've just been going off of what Rob and Isaiah have been saying, which is not but, a lot. You don't, you don't need to read it. Yeah, it's, it's, not <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a side series. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a six issue mini that connects to the story loosely. That's weird. Yeah, but uh, they're gonna give us some kind of iteration. So, what are you guys thinking? We're gonna be seeing. I have from, no idea. From what you've heard, what you've seen. Okay, Rob. That's what, why what, I'm what, going in blind. I'm scared, but <laughs> I'm going in blind. I, I. I, like like Jensen Ackles said in interview, what he said to Eric Kripke, at this point, I'm a family man. I don't want to think about this shit because <laughs> I've got thoughts of where they could go, and I just I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to see it either. I mean, yeah. we're talking. I mean that that was one hell of an opening. Let's where you know the guy goes into the opening. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then he sneezes and commits manslaughter. Like, Is that manslaughter? I think it's manslaughter. It definitely seems unit slaughter. Unit oh, no, the guy was half <laughs> realistically. So yeah, manslaughter. No way. Uh see that's the thing. They've they've done sexually charged murder already in a way. Like Season two, Stormfront was turning on Homelander, and Homelander was just pushing that guy's skull in. That was disturbing that was and disgusting. Really disgusting. That's the kind of shit I'm expecting to see in Herogasm. But instead of a hand, it might be a penis. Like, who fucking knows? Yeah. And Josh, I, I meant to actually send the trailer in chat. I, I brought up, they, they released a 30 second teaser yesterday. With oh, a warning, a, a content warning label for the episode, uh, which included uh, icicle phalluses. So I'm very fucking curious uh, what um, <sighs> the boys Bobby Drake is going to be doing. Yeah, there, there, there's absolutely no telling. But yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, if if we, I don't even know how to. Because they've said that obviously they're departing from the story, yeah, and there's there no way you can do all of it. To begin with, <laughs> well, no, there's not. And here, I mean, yeah, 
But if they're putting that out there after opening up the series, like like uh, Tevin P said here, uh, after opening up the series with the dude crawling into that guy's dickhole and then blowing up, I mean, how bad is this going to be? And should I skip the episode? I won't be able to, but I, I'm worried I'm going to be kicking myself for not doing so. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's the kind of thing where I'm kind of weary if I even want to watch it or <laughs> listen to it and put a blindfold on. Listen to it and put a blindfold on? I yeah, don't know so, if that's better so, or not, dude. I don't have to watch <laughs> it, I just hear it, and then my mind can fill in the blanks, and it, I, in my mind it can just be something nicer. Maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that seems like dangerous territory. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like really dangerous territory. Yeah. Brandon, did you get a chance to watch the Preacher TV show? I did, and I was not really a fan of it. Um, but I think that that's more because I was just so close to the comic that... And that's a case of, yeah, they, they definitely kind of departed from the comic in a lot of ways. And and I, I think, hey, like if, if people appreciated that, that's totally fine. But I think I was just really close to the comic in, in that style that um, it didn't really land for me as an adaptation, at least not in the way that I wanted it to. So while the casting was great, um, I don't know the actor who played Jesse, but he was really good, I thought. Um, but uh, he was just a story in the way that it was kind of departing from the, the source material, just it didn't really work for me as much. Because like I, I made the joke earlier that like Preacher is kind of like the classic road trip. like. You might not think it is, but it kind of is when you think about it, because um, it's they're just going to different parts of the country trying to find God, literally. Um, and find I don't know, them but, in a very, very weird place. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It just, <laughs> like it, it, it was, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I think it was it was trying to do that, but in a different way, and it just it didn't it didn't really work for me. Um, but I did make a joke with my friend that I'll be very interested to see what the next Garth Ennis property that will be adapted will be. My money is on Crossed, but I would really like to see it be Jennifer Blood because I would love to see an adaptation of Jennifer Blood. I don't think they'll ever Jennifer do it. Jennifer Blood would be good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they will ever do it. Um, but, Why not? Uh, um, because it, it's a little sexist. And sure, you could tone it down for TV, but I just feel like people are going to go back to the source material and then there's going to be a ton of think pieces on how the book is kind of reinforcing certain stereotypes. And I just, I don't know how well that would fly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would like to see it, but I, I don't, I don't imagine that one happening. Um, runners up would either be red team, just a pilgrim or bloody Mary. Um, but I don't see anyone adapting those anytime soon. Or a walk through hell, which I actually read recently. It was really good. Right on. And the the actor that played Jesse was uh, same actor that played a young Howard Stark. Ah, I thought he looked familiar for some reason. Yeah, yeah. No, he was good. I thought he was really good. Just I don't know. It was just something about the the story just wasn't wasn't working for me. What's the name of the guy that played the vampire? I'm completely blocking uh, everything right now. I don't remember the actor's name, but he he was in uh, Misfits season four. Mm. Yes, he is was. He, is oh, he actually Irish God. though? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Very, yeah. very, very Irish. Accent. 
yeah. Yeah, very, very, very Irish. <laughs> Something about the accent, just I don't know. Maybe maybe I heard it at a bad time, but seem seem seems a little over the top. Yeah. Everything yeah, about yeah. that guy is over the top. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. No, according to Wikipedia, it says he's from England. I knew it. It says he's from Chorley, which is in Lancashire, which is in England. He might have been born exactly. there, but he was definitely he was grew up in Ireland. That he's he's definitely That's Irish. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like with um, what's his name? The guy who plays um, Constantine, um, Matt. Uh, oh, Matt. Matt, uh, Matt Smith. Oh no, wait, not Matt, Matt Ryan. Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Yeah. Matt, <laughs> Matt Ryan is not a true Liverpoolian. He's from Wales. Yeah, which he's is fake English. Oh my god. <laughs> it's its own cult out on action. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 ask any Scottish, Irish, or Welsh person if they're English and they will depending on which country they're from, will give you a different attack. They'll attack yeah. you in a different way. The, the Scottish will give you a Glasgow it. kiss. He's, he's, the he's Irish will throw English. a bottle at you and the Welsh will throw a sheep at you. Mad idea, <laughs> but then they'll go and get it because they need to keep their sheep. It's important to keep the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> um, Actually, sorry. Before you get to another topic, Rob, I just had one question. Like, yeah, we never really talk about this, but what are you guys reading? Like outside of the DC stuff, like just what? What have you been reading lately? Right. Um. Waiting, I, the last two issues of Seven Secrets. I was thinking was the last issue, so I'm waiting on the last issue now. <laughs> That's been keeping my interest. Yeah. Uh, shoot, let me pull up my pull list because there's actually a, a book that I was wanting to look at. I think I yeah. took it off. Lately, I've been uh, digging my way through the that collection book I have of He-Man comic strips. Total nerd, but I don't care. I love that stuff. <laughs> Other than reading all of the DC comic releases. Yeah. yeah one, uh, I picked up Ascender and Descender from yes. the local library. Oh I want to take a look at Is that. Is this your oh, first time? Recommendations. My first Please time, yeah. Oh my I don't God. know how I missed so it. Happy. I definitely Rob, want to take you a made look my that. day. That was, like, <laughs> that was like one of my favorite books from last year. Yeah. Like I, I shit you not, I read, they have the, the hardcover that I got from the library, which is the first 16 issues, and I read that in one night. I stayed up to like 3.30 a.m., and I was oh, wow. so tired the next day, Jeez. but I could not put it down. It was so good. I mean, no matter how good a book is, 60 issues in one night is It was, it, it nearly broke me, but it was worth it. <laughs> I I read 30 issues of Nightwing in an afternoon, and that broke me. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a new 52 yeah. Nightwing as well, so it was rough. I think the max I've done in a day was probably like, I, I remember I, I was trying to marathon. This was the second time I went through Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four, because um, I was really stressed about, some application I was doing and I was just like, let me just not think about that. And I think I managed to get through 40 issues in a day before my my mind just turned to mush. And I like, I, I couldn't even form coherent sentences. It was just, <laughs> it, it was just too much content for one day. No, oh, man. Um, right. I wanted to bring up, I know you guys aren't reading it. 
Uh, but for anybody listening out there, I just want to bring up, uh, and I forgot why I wanted to bring it up. I just read it yesterday, and I thought this might be something interesting to bring up. Uh, Beast Wars, a comic, got his final issue yesterday, and it was a bit of an interesting run. Uh, and I'm, I just want to say for anybody listening, I'm very excited to find out where the Transformers license is going next, and I hope somebody actually gets the comics rights to it. Because IDW has held on to that, that for like almost 20 years, if not 20 years exact. Uh, and it's just a damn shame that we finally get a friggin' Beast Wars comic after 15 years and it gets canceled in the same bloody year. What would you What would you think if Marvel picked up the license? I'm not against it because they, they had it back in the 80s. Yeah, because I was thinking because like they just lost Conan and I want to say something else. Um, but they've been picking up a lot of stuff lately like Predator yeah. and... Um, Alien and, Alien, and something yeah. else. So I was, I was thinking, like maybe they might, you know, scoop that up again. Yeah, would I wouldn't be surprised way? if they do. I, I, I'd be okay with it because I mean, like Rob said, Marvel's had it before, and there's, there's a different kind of atmosphere over at Marvel now. Yeah. Um, it would also, be interesting have, to see where they're at. Yeah, they have a ton of great in-house artists that, like, I mean, I don't know anything about Transformers, but. I could I could just see people who would absolutely kill it on a book like that, and I, yeah. it would probably get me to pick up a, a Transformers book. Yeah, I I just hope they get like not to bag on Josh Bertram like his art. I imagine would be, and this is why I wanted to bring it up with Josh Bertram. His, his art is definitely a unique style, and I think needs to fit a specific type of story was not this story. His art was horrendous <laughs> the entire friggin' run. Oh. Uh, just you, you, you guys got to take a look at it and just tell me. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of Riley Rosmo, but you take <laughs> away the bubbles, oh. the bubble style and just replace it with solid straight lines. Oh no. Everything. It's, oh, that's tough. It's rough and not something like you want and Rosmo had a baby into dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's freaking awkward. And they had guest artists on single issues that were so much better, but they always went back to Josh Bertram. It just, mm-hmm. it was, it was hard. Yeah. Are you guys reading um, the last Ronin, the TMNT story? I wanted to. I have not been. <sighs> Me too. Like I, I'm getting I keep, it, but I haven't. I, I haven't started. I it keep yet. seeing it. It's haunting me, and it looks so good. But I just, I, I haven't made the time to just sit down and read it yet. Well, what are you doing? Why not? I don't know. I have I have other <laughs> things that I'm wasting my time on. Um, but no, I just like I see the covers for that. It looks so sick, but I, I've not had the time for it. Right? I probably have had the time for it. I just haven't had the effort to actually go out and read it, and start, and, and you know, invest myself in it. Uh, speaking of investing myself, after I finish up this next, uh, I don't know, I think my next break is in about 12 pages, which isn't very long rereading comic strips. I'm okay. getting back into the uh, um, 2011 run of Batman and Robin. That's oh, a good man. one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a 26-issue fucking binge and uh, probably destroy myself by the end of it, but it'll be it'll be worth it. Yeah. That's a hell of a good run. I'm contemplating the um, the uh, ninety three um, run of Robin after that. Yes. Well, I don't. I don't know how that reads as like a 
a marathon. I don't think I've ever read that like in its entirety. I just, I, I would just grab random issues here and there, like I said, but uh, I'm sure it could be interesting. Doing <laughs> things that I've never done before, making, <laughs> making my own trades as it were. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I can share it in this chat. Hmm. If there was a run that you could, if there was a, a larger run that you could read that you haven't had the opportunity to track down or sit down and do, what one What one is like right there at the top of your list? Oh, so many. Um, so many that are just lost to time or, or just impossible to fucking collect. Um, I would love to just have the entirety of the... Um, the uh the john ostrander specter series because that looks so good and it's with tom mandrake and i've seen pictures of it online and that's it like i just i mean you can you can find it on other places but it's not the same like you you want the full collection um and if you'd asked me last year i probably would have said o'neill and um cowan's the question but they actually just put out an omnibus for that. Um, I was I was shocked to see. Um, so they're they're finally collecting the entirety of it. Um, uh, uh, there, there are tons of others that are just like ones that that happened and 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 no one ever seems to really give a shit about them. There's that '90s Titan series from Devin Grayson, which I honestly think is I I, I think I, I think it's a smattering of sexism, honestly. But I, I can't I can't speak definitively on that because that's the only Titan series that has ever written by a woman or ever been written by a woman, and it's the only one that's never been collected ever. You can look it up online. There's not a single trade for that series that exists. You can only buy it in floppies, and those are hard mm -hmm. to track down, which is shocking. The, the only time, um, but that's another problem. I, I think DC has a problem when it comes to its female writers, um, and then um, there's a Spectre series from. J.M. DiMatteis and Ryan Sook that also has never been collected that I would love to see them do like an absolute edition of because it is it is gorgeous. And I've only found issues here or there at like a convention or something, but I've always wanted to read it in full. So I have a ton what, of them. What year was the Ostrander run? 1990 something. I want to say like 92 or something like that. Um, but oh, yep, you're right. You yeah. are right. God, you're good, Brandon. How the <laughs> hell? I mean, it's like he's got a Dewey Decimal Speed Flex roll, Rolodex going. I spent most of my time in high school just reading this stuff obsessively around the clock. Like, I mean, I probably did nothing else. I mean, there were times I would, you know, I'd hang out with friends and stuff. But for the most part, it was literally just like I would read it like a beast. Um, I, I just didn't have a lot to do. Um, I think especially during the <laughs> summer because, like, I, you know. Hell Yeah. Definitely Most awesome of my friends idea. at that point didn't. Well, anyway, that's that's another story. I don't know how personal I should get, but let, let's just say I didn't have a lot of people in my life that were interested in um, in enjoying uh, each other's company during the summers of like sophomore and junior year. So I just had a lot of free time. So I just open up my computer and just read obsessively just memorize all this stuff and, and immerse myself in a world that actually made me feel better. But yeah, no, I have all this stuff on lock, man. I'm, I'm like Rob and computer. I have similar, similar, you know, stories. 
mm -hmm. um, coming up, locking on to comics for different reasons. But um, I mean, you're a little bit more than locked on, dude. You're like locked on underneath some ADT security shit, and oh, there's yeah. like heat seek missiles lined up. Yeah. It, DC we'll needs a librarian. That, that know, that's I'm the job you. that Brandon should have. You. And I, I, like I said, I will work for a seven-day free trial, but after that, I expect my payment. It doesn't have to be a lot, but I, I, I need my money. You can even pay me in comics. Uh, of course, you know, I, I have to request them specifically, but um, I, I don't work for free. Unless it's someone <laughs> I really I like. don't work um, for free. I don't know. What about you, Josh? What, what are some, some runs that you would love to see? Um, what was the question again? Just if there was a run out there that you haven't had a chance to get your your hooks on your hooks in to read the whole thing or haven't had access to it, um, honestly, mine because I've always just hounded the DC stuff so much. I'm I'm definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm definitely going um, outside of DC, and I'm going to say Kurt Busiek's uh, Astro City. Uh, yes. series that's um i haven't gotten the chance to read all of that and i really kick myself for not getting the opportunity to finish oh, dude, that up. wait wait um wait oh, crap wait it was just some oh that was it um you know images is, is collecting them in compendiums and they Shut sent up. yeah they sent us copies of those wait i can i could send it to you right now if you, i'll do that later actually but yeah, I mean, they, I can get into the email, but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they've been releasing the series now that it's uh, it's back at Image, so it's your time, man. Time to get. Oh yeah, no better. All right, Batman and Robin is gonna have to wait a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about I'll, you, Rob? I'll pick that. I'll go pick up the Batman and Robin run. Honestly, uh, maybe everyone of Tomasi's uh, Super Sons run. Mm -hmm. Just in one collection, I think would be a lot of. I loved every time another one came out. That was great. That was uh, actually, I, what I was gonna say initially, my joke answer is uh, Joshua Williamson's run on the Flash, so I could read yeah. every story arc up to the last <laughs> issue and then skip it. Yeah. And, jump to the next one <laughs> and then make a better ending in my mind. There you go. Yeah. That's how yeah. it should happen. I wouldn't mind seeing them doing at some point in the future, like a like a complete collection of the Lazarus tournament for Robin. That would be pretty cool. Um, but and I'm sure they'll do something like that. But um, that would be cool to have, just as like a complete story, not like between two trades. Dude, I forgot what I was looking up. I was just looking up something and then completely lost it. Yeah. <laughs> So I was completely missing what you guys were talking about. What were you guys just talking about? Uh, I think, well, yeah, I just asked like what you guys are reading, like just lately outside of the the usual weekly stuff we read. But we went on a tangent. Yeah, as <laughs> just a, usually just a little do. bit of one. Yeah. yeah, as we usually do. I mean, sitting next to me is, is a book I recently picked up on one of my Dollarama hauls. Is Red Hood and the Outlaws, Ooh. which uh, you know. This is also a very good run. I also have a used one sitting next to me. Definitely not because I was just reading it right before we hopped on. Um, <laughs> Drifter from Ivan Brandon and Nick Klein. This, this nice. pretty puppy was two bucks at the used bookstore down the street. Um, and it's been pretty cool so far. 
Uh, I didn't write down all my talks and uh, topics. I'm trying to remember the last one. <laughs> I know we were talking about the boys, but I don't know yeah. I did want to ask, and I think we already covered that. What is this question I asked in our uh, Discord chat? Is what's something you would not want to see happen on the boys' hero gasm episode? Lord, is a much better question than what do you want to see happen? Is what do you not want to see? I don't want to see Huey get butt boinged with his thumb. That's what I don't want to see. I I can't even answer that because, like, I don't, I don't have any expectations. That's my thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what i the, want the, to let's see, face but it. i don't know what i don't want to see like there are a lot of the, things i can imagine but i'm not really sure where to start i just don't yeah, want to see just, anybody die by sexual act ultimately. Uh, yeah <laughs> especially from there we go there. there we go yeah and i don't want to see any of my favorite characters die yeah but let me tell you something dude the guy that uh what's his name that plays homeland anthony star anthony star oh anthony so star. good so good jesus christ he's so good at playing homelander i hate him yeah yeah like, I, I don't like one. that guy a lot of flack now. <laughs> yeah. i mean honestly yeah. it's like it's not even just him it's, it's not even just like the the speeches that he'll give like it's the facial expressions that he'll have when he's pissed yeah. or feeling really yes, emotional that's what he i'm just, saying he, he does such a great job at that it's it's like mind-blowing it's, Dude, it's, he's it's, gonna have such a great career when the show's over I think so. And yeah, I, apparently be. there was a, a show he did. I forget. It's like some kind of cop drama. But I, I saw it the other day because people were yeah, – every every time an actor blows up, they repost scenes from older stuff they've done. Yeah. Now I want to check that out. Like I, I just I, – I didn't realize Dude was such a powerhouse actor. So yeah. I, I, I hope he's in a ton of stuff after this. See, yeah, because I haven't I haven't seen anything else that this guy is in. But I'm thinking the last time that I saw a guy – get like world famous for being a in like universally hated villain was joffrey and we haven't seen <laughs> shit from him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean you know I, I don't care and the show is old and you know spoiler warning but whatever when he fucking died and i don't care how this makes me sound they did he did such a good job at being so hateable that I literally went, yes, when he died. I, I did I, not. I, I, I celebrated the, the death of a child, man. I, I did not because I wanted it to be more cruel, which sounds even worse than what you just said. But I was what? like, are you serious? Like, he just got poisoned? That's it? After everything he's done? He deserves so yeah. much worse than that. Like freaking, like what's his name? Ram- Ramsey Bolton got eaten by his hounds. You couldn't, you couldn't think of anything worse for for Joffrey, considering all the horrible shit he's did or he he had done. Yeah. So, Rob, are you a game of fan, a Game of Thrones fan too? I I don't hate it. I just didn't consume it. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I hella consumed it. So they've got a House of Targaryen prequel coming. Um, it's supposed to be set a thousand years before. The events that we saw in Game of Thrones, um, it's definite going on. It's I can't remember the release date, but it'll be really interesting to see um, what that's <coughs> going to be all about. Because I mean, all we know about the Targaryens is that they're they're blonde, they're elfish, 
they like to bone each other and um they're all insane so i'm I'm wondering like what those four traits how that's going to carry an episode or how that's going to carry a series yeah and I, i guess there's some other prequel uh shows that are in the mix but they have finally at least teased um a uh a, a sequel series uh and it's going to be centering around Jon Snow. How do you feel about that one, Brandon? Uh I don't know. After the last season of Game of Thrones, my faith in the franchise is kind of kind of low, kind of non-existent. So I'll probably check them out, but I don't have high hopes if it's the same creative team as as season eight, because um, that was painful, especially right, so, considering how just like pathetic Jon Snow's character was in that season. Like I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith if it's the same creative team involved in this project. The article where I read that it was coming about the the the. Um... The uh, the writer of that article said the exact same thing. Yeah. Why? Why? It's, it's bad enough. We 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 are going to be going into this prequel territory with the ninety seven prequels that they've got planned. House of Targaryen is just the first one to be released. Um. Why would they center uh, a a a show around Jon Snow? He was such a weak character. He was very boring. And then in instead of um what everybody wanted, which was kind of a little twisted. Um, he ended up killing Daenerys. Um, he, I, I can tell you why they're going to do a Jon Snow show, and that's because they know that, like True Blood, women everywhere are going to flock to see this for no reason. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I mean, maybe like Jon Snow money. is a, maybe I don't know. Jon Snow is not even like the most attractive character in that show. Like, if you were going to do it based on sex appeal, I would have. There would have been a number of other characters I think you could have gone with, but maybe people really just go for that um, that low. Who would you choose, Brandon? Stumbling English accent. No, not Brandon. <laughs> Brandon looks as ugly as I do. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. um, no, I probably would have gone with. I mean, Jamie seems to be the one who's like the the most classically handsome, at least in the like first season or so. Then then when he's yeah then when he's like in jail or whatever they, they made him look really unkempt and gross and then you're kind of like yeah maybe he's not really that attractive uh but i don't know i i would have i would have gone with Jamie. i mean i would have gone was, with I, I, if, I if you're gone with, talking looks alone i mean yeah. maybe i guess i don't know but i mean he was pretty much a sleazeball i mean i guess you could call him a sleazeball uh, yeah i'm going i'm going on looks alone yeah fucking I'm disgusting on, person I'm, I'm um, but yeah Tevin's right. They just want to milk the franchise dry, and they're going to because they know people will turn in for it, yeah. tune in for it, and uh, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see where it goes, man. How are you guys feeling about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I have not seen Miss Marvel, so I don't. I don't really know. I'm. I'm so like, like I told Rob, like the only show I'm kind of faithfully watching right now is The Boys. <laughs> so The Boys. Yeah. I've I've been checking out Miss Marvel and I am not all that familiar with the character because I haven't picked up very many of the books at all. Um and so I can't I can't speak on whether or not you know the the 
the complaints about the discrepancies between the books, uh, you know, matter or not. But um, the show seems to be pretty enjoyable, and it kind of surprises the hell out of me that they're going to be actually merging that TV show with the Marvels, the movie. And apparently the star of Miss Marvel, and forgive me for forgetting her name, she... um, she was shocked to find out how much of a starring role she has in this in in the Marvels movie. Yeah, I, I will say this: if if that is the route that they're they're going to go, I really hope that they like just just give me something to kind of explain the series if I don't watch it. Because I I don't know if you guys saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but I started that, watching the first half of it yesterday. Oh my god, oh, yeah. that movie is like incomprehensible if you haven't seen WandaVision. Which I oh, hadn't, so I didn't know what was going on. Oh, at, at least until the parts where they tried to explain. Like I had a rough idea because I, I had like friends who kind of told me about it, but I, I just I, there, there was so much that felt like I needed to have watched this and this other thing that it, it just it was it was baffling to me. Yeah, um, and, and as well, probably why I didn't really enjoy it that much. They, I see. I only saw the first. That. I only saw the first half of that. Um, I only saw the first half of it, but I have not seen WandaVision at all. But I mean, it was the reason why I turned it off was because I was tired and it was going seriously slow. And that bummed me out because it's a Doctor Strange movie. Um, the, The context clues that you're given and shit, you know, the dialogue and all of that stuff. It's pretty easy. At least it was for me to figure out what was going on. I didn't need that much more backstory. Wanda, I knew from, you know, social media exposure and reading article, articles and stuff um, that, 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 that uh, you know, the general gist of what happened and um, the fact that she invented her kids, made them up and, you know, now she wants to go be a mom and she's a psycho about it. And I, I got it. It was just so very super slow and... Um, I I I, for, I guess it wasn't really selling it for me, and of course I'm going to watch the second half. Um, it wasn't really selling it for me because it was, it didn't feel like a Doctor Strange movie. It felt like a vehicle for the other Marvel properties. Yes, yes, that's and, pretty and much what it is. Uh, it, I, there is a certain scene. I haven't seen it yet, but I know a certain scene is coming up, so I'm not sure what part of the movie it's at, mm-hmm. uh, but based on your reaction somewhere, it sounds like it's in the second half that I think you're going to be really interested in, mm-hmm. but it, it still follows that uh, vehicle for other Marvel properties as opposed yeah. to a Dr. Strange sequel. And yeah, I had a long chat with Kirk I, about just why, like how much it did not connect to the first Dr. Strange movie, despite the fact that it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And there's actually stuff coming out now about how it was going to, and it would have just been a major cop out and pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, I, I honestly oh, think wow. of of all people, James Tynan the fourth, our, our our favorite writer, um, <laughs> had had the best like review of it, and this is why I think we're soulmates and we'll be together one day. Um, but he he basically described it as we'll like, be together it's, one day. It's like it's like the, it's like the comic storyline that you read that if you haven't read the twelve issue story that connects to it or the fifty million tie-ins, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. And I was like, yes. That is exactly what it felt like because it was literally like just watching a bunch of shit that I didn't understand um, that frankly wasn't all that interesting that I just I could make no sense of throughout the entire 
movie. Yeah, it just it it didn't way to put it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it just it. I I wanted a Doctor Strange movie, and I feel like I've got a two hour long setup issue. Yeah, is it is it is there something poetic about the fact that the Marvel movies, which had at first streamlined a lot of the convoluted stuff from the comics, are now becoming as convoluted as the comics? I mean, is there something poetic about that? It's or or for me, it's just expected. Yeah. I mean, it's Marvel is muddy, man. You know, it, yeah. it, it it's like pick and choose what part you're gonna want to use, and and know that you're gonna piss some people off because there's twenty five percent of the comic readers out there that don't like what happened there, and then there's twenty five percent more that hate that it got undone with the next dude's fucking run, and it's it's it's. You, you're you're gonna you're gonna piss somebody off, at least for the comic loyalists. Yeah. Like the best comic book movie of all time said it best. That kind of succincts what Marvel's going on with right now. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. That's <laughs> pretty much what's happened. Yeah, I we have Thor: Love and Thunder coming out just in a couple of weeks. Go with TD. Yeah, looks fun as fuck so i i don't want to say that marvel is completely over the hill yet mm-hmm. um they also had sam raimi directed who had been out of comic book movies for yeah years and you could feel how dated it was maybe it was just me but it was there were some he, scenes he's a fantastic like, filmmaker and he, he i love all his work is. but oh this God. might not have been the mark <laughs> it's just like I, I think because the a lot of the MCU stuff it's it's very slick it's very polished it has like a certain style to it that you just sort of know and this yeah. felt like if I took Spider-Man two and I took Evil Dead and I mashed them together and I said here's a movie go watch it um, and then throw in a bunch of continuity it would be Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness like it felt like that and I love Spider-Man two it's a great movie but. That movie came out in 2004, and we're in 2022. And yeah. Superhero movies have come a long way since then. So, Now, to your point before about <clears throat> how it really felt like you needed to watch WandaVision first, I do feel like that's going to be the status quo going forward <laughs> for Marvel, is the Disney mm-hmm. Plus series are an established part of the canon, and the movies and series are going to intersect. And we've seen that so far, obviously, with WandaVision. And Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, you had uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to lead into Captain America 4, and you have Hawkeye, which, uh, while still not confirmed, is pretty obviously going to lead into a Young Avengers mm-hmm. somewhere, whether it's a series or a movie or what. Um, it's so that far, the only series that's that standalone is Loki, which is yeah. getting a season two. Uh, and as we like, Miss Marvel is going to lead into the Marvels. Uh, so there's definitely that that connection going forward. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got She-Hulk with Daredevil showing up and and, and a number of other people. Um, what do you think that's going to lead into? Well, that know. is the, <laughs> so. I I it's no secret that I I talk about how I've I follow the the leaker community quite. Uh, a lot like when I'm 
when I got a couple of minutes downtime and I'm like, what am I going to do for a couple of minutes? I just go to the leaker boards and see what the hell's post been posted. So I don't want to get into anything yeah, that so. I've heard uh, without giving anything away. But there is if, and I always say if it's true because they have been wrong in the past. Like when one division was coming out, it was just a mess. Um, actually, I, I want to talk about the leaks that were coming out during one division because they're hilarious and, and false. Um, so if what we're hearing is true, there is a, a path for She-Hulk, and it has to do with Bruce Banner as well, who we know is going to be in She-Hulk. Right. Okay, so tell me what it is. Uh, okay. For anybody out there who doesn't want, want to be potentially spoiled, spoiler just, alert, just mute it for a second. Uh, well, probably longer than a second. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Mark, Mark Ruffalo's been, <laughs> been fighting for this for a while. Uh, and he's been working with Kevin Feige for years, ever since maybe Age of Ultron, about where a Hulk storyline could go, because he's the only one now of the original six Avengers, technically, that has not had his own property, if you don't count the Incredible Hulk, which Marvel pretty much doesn't. Yeah. Um, and technically, he, was, he wasn't he was even in that one. It was like, yeah. what's his name? Edward Norton. It was Edward Norton that Edward did it. Norton. While, while it's still technically part of the mcu because you have the, the thunderbolt ross connection yeah. um it was a different actor so it's it's really awkward uh so the direction they're going okay, spoiler alert is and what he's been talking about for years world war hulk yeah which i don't know that you can really do at this point because like wasn't world war hulk basically for ragnarok well, that that's. I mean, it was definitely a mashup of it. That's yeah. that's where people thought it was going after Age of Ultron when he flew off into space, and then you saw him in mm -hmm. Thor Ragnarok as Gladiator Hulk on Sakaar. Um, I definitely wanted Planet Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So, so I... there's definitely that connection, but mm -hmm. there there is something more you can do with it. We might see what spins out of She Hulk again. This was just discussion they had years ago. And some people are saying that it's still going to happen. Yeah, so we'll see what, what happens at the end of She-Hulk, where he sits. Uh, but there's also the fact that if you haven't seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Josh, uh, maybe mute me for a second. <laughs> um, there, There is... Okay, I'll just say a certain cabal of characters... That appear. Oh, well, I mean, everybody knows that the Illuminati. Oh, okay, well, you know, yeah. yeah. So the Illuminati have spoiler, massive spoiler. Uh, so we already did it. Yeah. So they could potentially show up in main continuity as yeah. well. Oh, uh, that was another thing too. Wait, I, oh, Rob, you said you haven't seen Multiverse of Madness. No, but I know all about it because oh, I was okay. at that. I, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, Josh, you haven't finished it though, right? No, but yeah. again, like, like I knew, I know the highlights. I oh, just yeah. hadn't seen the film. Yeah, no, that was them. that was another thing too, because they were they were talking about like now that they're they just the multiverse is mainstream now, and they're just going apeshit on all the multiverse stuff. They talked about um, incursions, and that's a whole other Ooh. like huge plot line with the Illuminati. Because I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty much the basis of you know Hickman and um, Epting's run on new avengers uh which is you know just dealing with incursions so i i've seen the the speculation that the next like big avengers movie is going to be secret wars uh but the yeah. 2015 secret wars where they have to deal with like a big final incursion 
which would just be then, such an undertaking. I've been hearing that too yeah. about Secret Wars happening, mm -hmm. but that I feel like that's years and years down the road at this point. Like that's and that's really fucking yeah, big. Time does like, run out. Civil right. War. They they really had to kind of shrink that down because Civil War was a, a massive story in the comics, but yeah, in the movies they didn't have that many characters, so there's only so much they could do. Yeah. But I want I want is... I I want to see Steve Rogers in the comic accurate nomad suit. I would never want to see that. <laughs> Not with like the bare chest and the cape and the no. Oh, no, 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 wait. Um, I think we are. No, I'm sorry. Not Nomad. My bad. I meant US agent. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too when you said Nomad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was, agent. I was like, oh my God, I never want to see that. That is something that should only ever stay in comics. Forever. <laughs> Or, or when somebody's flying through the multiverse, uh, we're looking at you, America Chavez. Even then, I don't, I don't, I don't want to yeah. see it. I don't want to see right, that. The, the next time we I, see I Chris Evans in the oh, MCU, if it's Please part of the don't. multiverse, he's going to be the Human Torch, and that's that's yeah. what he said. That's the only that's reason. He's, yeah, he that's what he's back. been saying. Yeah. Just for like a a nod to the original. Character they're they're, they're pulling some major fucking strings to get the cast of Fantastic Four back. Yeah, well, no, it would just be him. I doubt they'd yeah. be able to get Jessica Alba, Ian Griffith, yeah, no, Michael Chiklis, Apparently, but... she, like, hated being on that. that yeah, movie. I mean, they, they already have Chris Evans' number, and he's all for it, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, I think the reason why that won't happen is because they don't want to attach the MCU to such a shit movie. Well, they did attach it to Amazing Spider-Man too, so Spider-Man is totally different. I mean, I granted it's attached, but it is totally different than the Avengers movies. To me, they kind of feel like they're done a different way. Yeah, not not a whole bunch. But um, they were. I'm for not a putting moment. too much. I'm yeah, not putting too. Yeah, yeah. I'm MCU. not putting too much on Sony because Sony has to have Marvel there to make their movies good. Yeah. Otherwise, they end up. Yes, less yes, the Tevin. desirable would, to the general population. If they, yeah, if they were, yes, Tevin, if they were to do, you know, the incursion plot line, it would ultimately lead to, yeah, time runs out, which is like the final leg of, of Hickman's Avengers slash New Avengers run. Which again, I that would be awesome, but that's a that's really fucking big. Like that's a yeah. big cast of characters. That if you're doing in, Secret Wars, you're better yeah. off doing the 1984 Secret Wars. Yeah, exactly. Like that that brought it, and even that's kind of risky because like that one also brought in all corners of the marvel universe so you're talking or, you know i mean the avengers uh, x-men fantastic yeah. four even everyone better, you the the 2004 secret war which had nick yes. fury get like a shadow group of superheroes to go after dr doom which i was shocked to learn years later was written by brian michael bendis right <laughs> i could not believe that because yeah. i really like, that was one that. of his earliest works in marvel yeah. outside of ultimate like I, yeah. I, I was because I was like I must have read it like I think a friend had given it to me and I was like oh this is pretty good and then I pulled out my copy a couple years later I was like what the fuck who who wrote this yeah excuse excuse me Barry Allen did you fuck up the timeline again this what? is not I know I don't remember this <laughs> I, yeah, I would say um, it's like a, a a Mandela effect except I don't remember who I might have thought wrote it beforehand yeah so, um, that'd yeah. be weird. 
Uh, so Doctor Doom has, has been teased, <laughs> I think even by Feige, not even a, a spoiler at this point. Yeah. Uh, for the MCU for years, I've been just been waiting to get the right fit for the character. Um, so it's bound to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Doctor Doom was involved in all three of the Secret Wars. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting to see where they're going to go. That we do, we definitely have Secret Invasion coming first, and that's yeah. currently filming. They might have just finished filming. So they're they're going to the post production stuff, um, or they went back for some reshoots or something like that. So there, there's a lot of stuff down the line coming. We just yeah. we don't know if they're good or not. Like Moon Knight they, was quite interesting. They they've been I talking. I love Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah they, they've been talking extensively about the Fantastic Four movie that's definitely going to happen. They just got to find the right crew and the right you know director and the right cast and everything. But, but every time I see a fucking article on like Screen Rant or something, it's you know some some guy who's like Kevin Feige announces that Fantastic Four movie is definitely gonna happen at some point in the future. When right. I don't know, announced but, it six times already. Yeah, like my guy. <laughs> at some sure. point, you got to deliver something if yeah. you're really gonna. Well, make they it. they Look. had a director in um, I don't remember his name. He directed the three MCU Spider-Man movies. Oh, he was attached shiny. to direct. John but then Watts? he dropped out. Yeah, Tom Tom Watts was was set yeah. to uh, direct, but then he dropped out. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, I think it was citing creative differences, which is huh. crazy to think yeah. of. Yeah, but just it, it, if you take longer the than the first. Flash movie to come out, don't come out. <laughs> well, I think I think honestly they're just really worried because this is like the what like the third time they're trying yeah. to get a Fantastic Four franchise movie, off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I fourth think if just... you count the Roger Corman version, yes, well, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, the, the um, third attempt of of a cast, yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, they just want to be really careful with this. Yeah, one. they need to get it right. Which, again, they have so many great stories that you can choose from. It would yeah. be easy. Just pick one. There's yeah. so many great Fantastic Four stories out there. Yeah. As oh I, man, honestly, the what first... I have in my head is to have a Fantastic Four movie, and then at the end of it, Franklin is born. They like have oh my sequ- god the fact have that a the sequel Illuminati, and Franklin yeah. starts to go bad and then there's a big huge event where the Marvel universe has to take on Franklin. The, the fact that the Illuminati already exists should be and and the fact that people are like yeah okay I can get on board with that should be a clear sign that you could do the Council of Reed story which is probably oh. one of the most popular Fantastic oh, yeah. Four stories at least of the 21st century and yep. no one would bat an eye people would love yeah. it I'm sure. Don't even need an origin story. Just no, jump into it no, at this just, point. Just present it. Just spend spend ten minutes showing the the origin for those who haven't checked out those yeah. horrible movies that came before. But yeah. I, I and, think, and and call it good, man. Go from there. I think I think we're, uh, Rob. I don't know how much you've heard about this, but I think everyone's like saying that it's going to be like a if they do a Fantastic Four movie, it's going to be like a Lost in Time thing. Like they were. Explorers oh, in the sixties. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. They, that's that's the, the big debate that. is what time periods are going to be set in because the MCU yeah. is not of not afraid to jump back in time. A lot yeah. of people I've seen chatter that they they think it would be best to have it placed in the sixties, but then how do you connect that to modern? Which MCU? I I get that honestly I do because if you do that you can do a lot of homage stuff to the you know the sixty series the the Lee and Kirby stuff, but. I, I just I don't want to see another lost in time arc yeah. of characters. We already had that with Captain America. Like I, I don't yeah. want to see 
all four of them going through the exact same thing that he did. And mm -hmm. I, Lord knows we don't need to see Reed Richards learn how to not be sexist. I don't need yeah, to see that. Right. No, no, one needs to no, see that. no, no. Yeah. While the last Avengers movie was going on and then, and then Thanos' snap was on. <laughs> Um, during that period of time, they were out in space and they hit that cosmic bubble. Uh, they've been figuring out themselves and figuring out them powers. Look, bang, that's 15 minutes of the movie. That's now it. we're caught up and they're in modern fucking time. That's it. Done. Done. We don't need something gimmicky. We don't need something stupid. Quit overthinking. Why haven't they been there? Well, because they were out in space. Yeah, it could literally be just building off what you said. Like, yeah, Thanos initiated the snap, half the population disappeared, and a respected scientist by the name of Dr. Reed Richards was like, hey, maybe someone should explore the fabric of the universe and see if there's some way we can bring them back. We're just trying to understand, like, what the hell happened. And they go up into space, they get affected by cosmic rays, and they come back. And then that's it. That's all you need. Like you don't need some yep. some bullshit. Like whatever. They're just there. Lost yeah, in time. I don't want to see if, lost in time. If they so were bad. to do it, I, like lost in time might be the the wrong phrase because they if if they were to do that whole time travel story, they've already set it up, mm -hmm. and that's you have Reed who experiments with alternate dimensions uh, as he has done in the past how we discover the negozone and whatnot have them be realistically the first people to explore the quantum realm mm -hmm. right so they discover it and then reed gathers his his best gal his best friend and her his best gal's younger brother to go explore uh, maybe they all have a specific skill set as we've seen with the rocket ship why they were all yeah. there so that works, and they go into the quantum realm to explore that to be the first ones there. And as we know from Endgame, um, Scott spent five minutes in the quantum realm trapped, but it was five years in real time. So realistically, yeah. they only need to spend about an hour or two in the quantum realm, then come back, and next thing you know, it's 2023. Yeah, and uh, we've like, happened. I feel like they've only scratched the surface with what the quantum realm could even be. Because exactly, mean, I could, I could I'd totally be okay see with them not going to space and going. Yeah, I could, I could totally see happening them happening there. Yeah, I, they get their I, yeah. powers there somehow. Like, there's yeah, people have have seen some um, <laughs> clear connections, not only to Kirby Crackles in there, but in Doctor Strange, the 2016 <laughs> Doctor Strange. Um, with the dark dimension and the quantum realm had some clear similarities. Yeah. So there's a lot to, to go on there. Yeah. I, w I was thinking like we, we we've only scratched the surface of what the quantum realm could be. And I could easily see that as a mechanism to introduce the negative zone. And then you have a whole plethora of stories that you can do from there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. With the negative zone. And yeah, there's, there's been chatter about Annihilus being a big bad coming up. Yeah. Uh, we don't know for sure. And if I can talk about one one leak that came oh, out no. years ago, just after Endgame. What if they do an annihilation this, movie? This is not a really leak. Oh my God. Um, because this was all just speculation um, post-Endgame, what the MCU was going to be going forward. Because you had that 22-movie run, which was the Infinity Saga, what was the next saga. So the idea there was there was going to be two clear-cut stories uh, that were going to be smaller stories, but there would be the Earthbound saga and the Cosmic saga. 
uh, and people were thinking the cosmic side would be Annihilus, oh, would be the God. next step, and then maybe Earthbound would be uh, Doctor <laughs> Doom, which Actually, but, may or may not still be yeah. Doctor Doom because we still don't know who the mysterious buyer is of Stark Tower, and we still don't know. That's true. That's yeah. true. We don't know who that is. Yeah. And we still don't know what the hell's going to be happening because obviously it's going to have to happen. What, where, and when do the X Men fit into everything? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I've seen chatter. That's even and worse. <laughs> I, I don't love this idea, but I, I've seen chatter that if they're going to introduce the X Men, they're going to do it with the Krakoa stuff that's going on right now. Which I love. That stuff is great in the comics. It's a better but idea. I think that would be a terrible introduction to the X Men because it is so weird. Um, and the thing that the thing that worked with Krakoa was like you had all this baggage of people who had been reading X Men for years and they were just pissed off and they didn't they didn't like it anymore because all the ideas had been tried. And then you know the Krakoa Jonathan Hickman experiment comes in and it's radically different and everyone's on board because it's something fresh for a change. But it's it's a terrible place to start because Asshole it's, side it's just yeah it's it's just it's too it's too bizarre it's too out there like if Eternals didn't work do you really think you know people being reborn through eggs and all that other thing you know, all the other things that's going on on Krakoa right now are going to fly with like a mainstream audience absolutely not I, right? I don't know if it's no, that not without it being a horror movie it's, yeah it's more so the idea of if you have mutants all over the world you have hundreds of thousands of them uh but you have this established universe that's been around for over a decade how do you explain all these people suddenly having powers because if yeah. you're going to do that story wanda. that's going to be the inhumans mm-hmm. right yeah. if they're going to do that with wanda they would have done it by now because for now her story's done there's no yes. plan going forward for her no yet idea. yeah um i so thought they thing it might just be the idea of they're they're all on an island which would still be stupid, but it's yeah. What I've like, heard is knows that of instead of doing uh, an X Men movie, they'll be introducing uh, some key mutants in other movies, like yeah, Storm. Yeah, I think may or may not one. be in Wakanda Forever. Um, that would be so sick. Just Wolverine, may unfortunately, here somewhere, you know. Yeah, like yeah, I I think that's honestly the smartest move. Like let's just let's just build these yeah. characters out in various other places, and then. When people are like, okay, I like these mutant characters. Let's put them on a team. Then you can do an X-Men you know, movie or yeah. series or whatever. We've already had Charles Xavier pop up. Yeah. I'm very sad that we won't see Storm married to Chad- Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> It'd be a damn shame. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, I-, I wouldn't mind. I know they wouldn't do it, but I-, I wouldn't mind if they just went like a total back-to-basics approach. Like, let's just start with like the first... Five mutants, Cyclops, um, Beast, Iceman, Angel, and and Jean Grey, and let's just let's just say that those are the only mutants out there. Like, let's just pretend that those are the only ones that we know about, and start from the very very basic level, and and right. see if you can build out from there. I don't I, I don't know. It's not a bad idea. I I, I think you could try it. Like, wasn't there that that mutant show that was not a mutant show, The Gifted or something like that, where it was kind of like yeah, a yeah. school or something? So I think you could try it. Like, let's just start with a really small cast of the original five, and then if people bite, you know, maybe there's something to to grow out of. But um, I don't know. I don't know how much people would be on board for that. Yeah, 
I think yeah. they've got to start it out. They've got to bring it in somehow. And I, I'm, I would assume that it would be done through the multiverse in some way. Um, but they've got to, they've, they've got to hit it out of the park quick or else mm-hmm. people are going to say this, you know, f- f- okay, Marvel finally fucks up. Look, the, the X-Men just can't be made into movies unless mm-hmm. you're Wolverine or, you know, adjacently Deadpool. Um, they're going to have to have a really good story. That's easy to keep track of. Yeah. And it's, it's for me anyway, I'm thinking probably the easiest thing for them to do would be to drop them in already existing, brought in through the multiverse, and then work into something like a uh, like a three film long Hox Pox. Potentially. Of X, Powers yeah. of X. And then my, after my that, note is don't fucking do Dark Phoenix Saga again. It yeah. never no, works. No, 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 no. It never works. You can't do it. You can't do it. So it's got to be something on like a Hox and Pox um, level of story. And you are going to want to merge Deadpool. And I think the whole, uh, oh shit, what was the name of that? Uh, the arc and the event uh, where uh, um, with Cable and Bishop. Uh, future, perfect. No, days of future past. Days of future past. Yeah. If it work work into something along those lines, that would be fucking epic too. Yeah, that would be cool. Like the the but key I, that I'm seeing is is when Feige announced all those things at I think it was D23 a couple of years ago when we first got a tease of Blade and Fantastic Four. He he specifically said mutants are coming he didn't even say x-men so there's there's might be a good chance that we're never going to get an x-men franchise yeah well i suppose that's true but i mean we i mean let's be honest we will eventually because they're gonna run out of uh, run out of things to do yeah well supposedly um, the next like 10 years planned yeah yeah I cannot. I cannot watch another attempt at Dark Phoenix Saga. No, it's, it's I don't so think sad. anybody needs to. It's watch so it. sad. Or, or if you're going to do it, don't make up an alien race. Just make the fucking yes. Shi'ar. Just do That's that. All you need to do. It's not that hard. If it's people really can accept easy. like scrolls and Kree at this point, they can accept Shi'ar. They're not that yeah. different. Well, I mean. <laughs> Different, di- they're different enough, but yeah. I mean, I think you could definitely. They're, they're not that different. If, if you are, do it right, you could almost have a Shi'ar movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be sick. I want Lalandra. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and Gladiator and yes, the other guys. Yeah, the, the Legion of Superheroes ripoffs, as they call. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Deadpool will definitely be, I think, if they ever actually get the movie off the ground, apparently the script's currently being written, uh, that might be the the initial intro to Mutants as a whole. Potentially. Are they still trying to put that in the MCU proper? Or is yeah, that like yeah they're, they're, they've confirmed that it's, it's definitely happening. It will be MCU 
proper. And is is it like a reboot or are they folding all the stuff that happened in one and two into that? The MCU? That remains to be seen. Like okay. the script is being written by the same people that wrote the first two, so there yeah. there's definitely going to be some elements. Uh, it is still being titled Deadpool three. Okay. So there's a good chance. That, well, they, they have an easy out with uh, Wade going back in time yeah. at the end of Deadpool 2 and just fucking with shit. Or so, I, I guess they could do what they did with um, um, Venom for like a brief second where he just kind of pops into our universe because of, you know, Doctor Strange's shenanigans. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. And it would totally fit wade wilson's mo so mm. he's just there and yeah. he knows <laughs> yeah i want an x-force movie i think segwaying uh deadpool into an x-force movie would be we kind of got that with Origins Wolverine. <laughs> well kind of but i mean like an official one yeah an official one and go up against um Eh, go up not against strife. Mr. Sinister. Not strife. Not strife. No, Please, not, not again. Strife. No. no. Go up against, go up strife against Sinister. Strife is a terrible villain. <laughs> strife should have died in 1990 whenever the fuck he was created. <laughs> oh, Mr. Sinister would be good. What do you guys think know, about Keanu Reeves or Mr. Sinister? That's been tough. What the? Oh my. Is it just He's not he bulky enough. Yeah, I think that's. I, think, yeah, I feel like it's just because he has the hair. It's it not might, even like. I think people are just it. reaching because he he's been meeting with Marvel for years, and they've just been trying to find the right role for him. But they, remember, they're running out of good yeah. roles. People <laughs> were saying that he was going to be like Morbius, and I was like, that's only because he kind of has that like disheveled, long-haired, you know, scrawny look. Yeah. It's All right. Not, so it's not so he was Kraven the Hunter, Morbius. though. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it would be wild, Tevin, but I have a better idea. Or at least I think it's a better idea. Um, given his typical roles, the kind of character that Keanu Reeves plays, and so his surfing. appearance in the SpongeBob movie, I am combining those <laughs> ideas together and, and saying that Keanu Reeves should play Owatu. Am I pronouncing that right? The Watcher. The Watcher. Yeah. That'd be yeah. interesting. I don't know. I, I I can I can I can read that dialogue and and I can it, hear it his be voice. Fantastic! If we didn't already have, um, I can't remember the guy's name in in What If voice Iwatu, yeah, I'd be Wright. so for it. Yeah, no, Jeffrey yeah. Wright, great job. Jeffrey That's Wright, just thank you. Great yeah. Voice. yeah. Um, but I could totally see Keanu Reeves' version of the Watch or just. Uh, in, in multiple multiverses, we have these events of Galactus attacking the Earth. Whoa. Whoa. And just every time he sees it. Most them, atypical. <laughs> well, I, if they hadn't already... Deadpool actually, has killed the entire Marvel Universe. Yeah. If, they uh, <laughs> if they hadn't already casted uh, What's-His-Face, um, I would have said Adam Warlock. But uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that would have yeah, been a good that's one. That's not gonna happen. But I was thinking, or oh yeah, they did, yeah. Oh, the the kid from uh, We're the Millers. Yeah, Will Poulter. That's his name. That's, um, that's quite the pull, but I'm all I, for it. I don't know how the fuck they landed on that, but yeah. How do you I was, feel? I was actually all for him? Zac Efron being Adam Warlock. To be Zac honest, but... Efron. No, oh my Jesus god, that would be that would be hilarious just to see. Um, Keanu Reeves as the Sentry. 
part. I was thinking um, oh, that'd be good. maybe Richard Ryder, because you were saying like if they do mm, Annihilation. That would be a good one. Yeah, you were saying if they do Annihilation, right, as like the big cosmic thing, <laughs> who was you one of the most important do. people in <laughs> Annihilation? Nova. So maybe this yeah. is the time to bring in, you know, the proper Nova, not just like tease it in the background of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, we're right. getting a Nova series. Oh really? Yeah, yeah it's happening. Yep. Oh yep. yeah. It's, well, there you go. It's 100 happening. Yeah. Nova yeah, series. I, so I think it we, we don't know if it's going to be Sam Alexander or Richard Ryder yet, but it's definitely mm -hmm. happening. My guess would be Sam Alexander, just because they're trying to really do the the sort of younger audience. But yeah, uh, it'd be cool to see Richard Ryder. Maybe they could. Maybe they could like. He could started like out with lost. Richard Ryder dying. Yeah, like he could be yeah. the lost Nova. Like he was in the Cancerverse in the comics, I think, or something like that. So maybe that happened at some point in the MCU, and then Sam Alexander shows up and has to save Richard Ryder or something. Yeah, uh, I, I could definitely see Keanu doing uh, Silver Surfer, though. Oh my god, I was just thinking that, dude. Yeah. I was yeah. literally just thinking that. <laughs> That 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 would be good. I would dig that. Yeah. Well, um, what do we do about the DC film universe? Burn it. I'm not doing Burn anything it. with that shit. Burn it through the ground. <laughs> here's, yeah. here's what I say because it's been such a train wreck so far. That's it. Yeah. Eighty six. <laughs> I, I say I say take all the funds and just funnel that into your animation department because it's the only thing that's really worth a damn. Those are the ones that are actually good. Most yeah. of the DC films that I've seen that I loved. Are usually animated. Like some of the, the best, the best adaptations the, I've seen are animated. Yeah. Hands down, DC animation is the best superhero yeah. comic book based animation. New Frontier, that, that would not have been as good if it were live action. Under the Red Hood, I love Jensen Ackles, and I think he could have been a great live action Jason Todd. But yeah, damn it, that is a just wonderful uh, animated film. Um, and I don't know if people love this one, but I actually really love the Green Lantern, was it like first? light first light, yeah. first light. It was good. that was good yeah yeah and they had um yeah. um what's his name from law and order or something is hal jordan right yeah uh, jim gordon the, uh, he's, he's jim gordon on harley quinn oh my god yeah i can't um, remember this uh freaking that, name now yeah, i can't but remember yeah. his name either yeah tevin i'm i'm with you dude the uh the flash pretty much is the nail in the coffin um i'm th there's there's a lot of talk um, about Zaslav uh, reinstating the Snyderverse. Yeah. And um, granted, we've got a lot of bullshit that's... I've got a big opinion on, on that whole debacle that I really want to get off my chest. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that's what I was going with. Is how now? Granted, okay. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. Absolutely, I love I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, I even I I feel like we, for the most part, did not like Jared Leto's Joker because we didn't get to see anything but some really weird highlights of it, and I feel like that character was probably a lot more fleshed out. <laughs> Um, there, there's a lot of good casting choices that have been made in the Snyder universe. I just think there's been a lot of bad direction and very, very bad decisions made mostly by executives. Um, I didn't hear that one. 
that's that's the problem <laughs> yeah so with zazloff being a fan of it flashpoint doing undoing just about everything that's there um and us being told that they are not doing away with the extended universe that's that's the that's the one point that we're 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 sure of we're going to get a bunch of different films of of the same characters in different universes the batman for example we're going to get different wonder woman films um what do you think about that snyderverse coming back i would honestly prefer them to just do independent films like shazam had basically nothing to do with the dc whatever eu whatever the hell it's called and that's probably why it was one of my favorite films because it didn't take itself too seriously yeah i was just like i'm just here telling a fun story about a i would say semi-beloved dc character and that's all you need right like let's not try and copy marvel maybe let's just do something that's i don't know for us that's it Aquaman was fun. Shazam was fun. The first Wonder Woman was fun, and they were self-contained. Yes. Yeah. When you have with DC so far, you have it branching out to try to connect everything else. They dropped the ball hard, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. And so, what what I want what I need to say, Zack Snyder, I I've never been a fan of his directing style because things are are literally too hard to see because they're so dark. Like he he puts a dark filter on everything, and it's he you could see it in in Watchmen. It's literally visually dark, <laughs> not even emotionally. It's visually fucking dark, and I've never enjoyed that. Try to turn up the brightness like on your TV. <laughs> Just you still the can't see anything. A few notches. I know. Please. It's so muted. Um, <laughs> And then it's also thematically dark at the same time. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's too fucking dark. Just mm-hmm. never let him do Green Lantern, please. You need more light. So while the movies are entertaining <laughs> enough, um, and there's it, definitely a good basis of a story, there's a lot of character moments that are very flawed. And it's too much trying to broaden the horizon of the the cinematic universe yeah. and the problem is they don't have a feige yeah because that's that's what the made end. the mcu so great they yeah. had kevin feige as the brains behind the entire operation building the plot this is what we want to do how do we get there okay we want this director to do this this writer to write this and we'll get this cast to do this and we'll just have them add this tiny little notion in this movie that'll lead to the next thing it was perfect what they should not have done because this is the difference kevin feige is a producer and he started out as a producer he worked with uh avi arad on the spider-man films with sony and he was behind the scenes uh as a pa and he worked his way up as a producer an executive producer and that is his role he was never an actor he was never a director he was never a writer he was nothing but a producer and that's what made it so simple for him when you give the keys to the castle to a director you're going to get that director's vision and every other director has to follow that director's vision but that's not what directors do they follow their own vision and that's why you have uh justice league and batman v superman so thematically different from shazam and aquaman and wonder woman because you have three other directors wanting to make their vision happen versus the vision that uh zach snyder had so it's you all can't about cohesiveness, have a director baby. 
exactly. You can't have a director running the show. You need a producer to run it. So they need to get somebody like that. And for the love of God, do not get Uncle Guggy. <laughs> not Uncle Mark Guggenheim. He's yes. not no. the Or Greg Berlanti. Not the movie. Keep them, keep them far no. away from that show. No. Yeah. So oh they God, need to get an executive producer. And I heard, I can't, I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They, they were going to get another director to do it. Oh, yeah, they were going to get Todd Phillips to do it. I'm like, for fuck's sake, no. <laughs> That's even worse. Why? Because he doesn't even like comic books. Yeah, what the hell? They're going to get the guy to the fucking Hangover movies to do a Justice League movie? Well, yeah, because that makes sense. That's, that's the problem with executives. But Joker made so much money. That's the thing. It may have been a fantastic movie in a thematic sense. But, but it as wasn't a, as a it comic wasn't, book movie. Yeah, it's, it was it falls flat. And and Todd it Phillips wasn't the is, Joker. Exactly, he says it, he's not a comic book guy. And so you do not give the keys to a comic book kingdom to a guy who does not like comic books because you're not going to get comic book movies if that's what you're after. You know, these characters are not going to be the characters people know. They're going to be original. And that that was my issue with the Joker movie. As good as it may be, there's a big push in Hollywood. That there's no original content that we finally get original content and we don't even know we're getting original content and everybody took it as an adaptation and still cried no original content yet we fucking had original content right there the everything in that movie was original yep because yeah. it certainly wasn't the joker yeah so yeah uh, it's wb's frustrating yeah, really I, that's why I'm just like, just scrap it just just yeah, like burn this, it to the ground this... flashpoint <laughs> reset the entire yeah. universe Henry Cavill is a great <laughs> Superman, sure. I liked Batfleck. You can have them come back, but reset it. New 52 this shit. That's what you gotta yeah, do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like let's let's just start from scratch or yeah. just just pour the efforts somewhere else that you know yeah. actually works. Get a producer. Don't get a director. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it looks as though we're definitely going trying to anyway shape everything into at least a semi-connected deal the the main offerings at the very least um given that we are tying the michael keaton batman that's showing up in flashpoint connecting that to batman 89 bringing that into the universe and then also michael keaton is going to be appearing in the upcoming batgirl show so um it it is we're, we're definitely going to be seeing semblances of interconnectedness and Zaslav is very very much about bringing that cohesiveness to the WB films so it uh, releasing solo projects does not seem to be what he's going to be after now granted you know just like Marvel they've got their Thor movies they've got their Captain America movies and their crossovers I imagine I imagine that's the route they're gonna go but I'm nervous, man. Yeah. I feel like we had we had a we had a real decent chance. Um, Batman versus Superman really really had um, some problems. Yeah. Like yeah, I hated Doomsday. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I I I I hated the way that they redid Doomsday and how insignificant they made him. Um, I feel like the four-hour-long version of Justice League was a was a was a was a good movie. I feel like it was a really good movie. I feel like it was a rough place to bring people into. Yeah. For the Justice League, raging yeah. mind-controlled Superman. I feel like that was that was 
definitely a lot for people coming in brand new to, you know, those stories are definitely the movie franchise. They need somebody over top of it. Man, my fingers are crossed that it's going to be David Zaslav. Um, but that's, speaking that's, that's of another thing about Justice League, yeah. if if your movie to make sense needs to be four hours long, then you don't have the right story. Exactly. <laughs> which is okay. Which I, 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 I had a I had a, a, a talk with my friend about this because we we sat down and we're like, all right, let's get this shit out of the way. Like Snyder cut, everyone's talking about it. Let's just let's just try and, and get through this mess. And um, I remember I was like, if this is if this is the coherent version, just imagine what the theatrical cut would have been like if there had been no Joss Whedon cut. Like, I can't think about have it. No yeah. Idea. yeah, like it, it would have been incomprehensible. Yeah. Like if if, if the because yeah, Warner Brothers insisted is, that it have a running time no longer than two hours. Yeah, if 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 this if the four hour version was the quote unquote competent version, what would have been the two and a half hour version then? Well, if I'm not mistaken, the four hour long version was actually supposed to be split up between two movies. Ugh. Well, there, there was he did have worse. a trilogy planned out, but there was. The, the Justice League story we got, there was <laughs> maybe 20 minutes of it was going to be part yeah. of the second one. And and never mind the fact that they were trying to shove so much shit in there. Like, yeah. I, I'm the so glad. was maybe yeah. Cyborg story. I know. I'm, I'm so glad that, that, I mean, I know it appeared at the end, but thank God they didn't bring in Martian Manhunter. He's already brought in like three new characters. You don't need to bring in a fourth. And then they were talking about like Green Lantern too. It's like, dude, if you're well, they chose half, they they chose Martian Manhunter instead of Green Lantern. Yeah, if, if half, let them do it. Yeah, but I'm just like, if half of the cast of your team are introduced in this movie, it's a little concerning that you didn't really do a good job building out this universe. Because to give Marvel credit where it's due, Thor, after, uh, Captain America, and Iron Man all had respective movies, and Black Widow was introduced in Iron Man, so at least you knew what four of the five original avengers oh and and hulk i guess too yeah, so and hawkeye was introduced in thor so yeah and hawkeye was introduced had, in thor so had, it's like it's a four avengers i mean yeah yeah i i don't count hawkeye as much because like he's kind of like in the background you kind of get to know more in avengers but yeah it's like all of these <gasps> people you. i know all, <laughs> i'm sorry but it's like all these people you kind of at least got to know in one way or another before yeah. they all teamed up you know in a, in a, in a big major way but it's like the first time I'm ever seeing Flash, he's going against a fucking Steppenwolf, which was a terrible chat. You could talk about this movie for hours, so maybe, yeah. maybe let's, let's not go on a tangent. But I mean, really, the, well, the, all right, the only so original character that, in Avengers was Maria Hill. Yeah. Like, so first appearance in it. Like Loki, the, that makes sense for a first Avengers movie. It's a, yeah. it's a fun throwback to the original, you know, first uh, Avengers issue from 60-whatever and you know, it's it's mixed in with the Ultimates with the Chitari, so it's like a it's it's like a mashup of the old and new. It works right in yeah. an effective way. But introducing a new god as your first villain comes with so much baggage that it's yeah. it's just too much. Because then you have to explain who the new gods are, and the Apocalyptans are, and all that shit. And then you have to explain Dark Side, which they tried to do and was pathetic. And then the anti light, and it's just it's too much. Just go with something simple. Go with Despero. Go with, I don't know. Go with um, Eclipso. Uh, Mongol Eclipso. Yeah, like yeah. something. Mongol. Simple. I think Eclipso and Despero are a little 
to comic booky as intro comic characters. I mean, here, Loki was a pretty anyway. hokey character, and they made yeah. him work. He had those ridiculous horns, and you know, it's like you can find a way to make it work. Is what I'm saying. Just start simple. Don't yeah. don't introduce a whole other universe like, with the with your new team. Well, speaking of starting simple and introducing a whole nother universe, one thing that we do know that is on the way, and I know that Rob is especially excited for it, is HBO Max's Green Lantern Buddy Cops TV show. Hell yeah. Um, Now, I haven't seen anything on the internet in a while, but again, I haven't gone looking for it. There's been nothing. There's been nothing. So (laughs) what, what do we know now? As okay. far as the Green Lantern show goes, so the, it's still split. As far as the plan goes, still <laughs> split into two different entities. There's the movie and the HBO Max series. Um, Are the they HBO, both HBO definitely Max happening series. still? They're both definitely, definitely happening. getting a movie. Uh, yeah, and they're nice. they're being they're they're being filmed simultaneously, supposedly, and they're they're going to be connected, supposedly. Uh, so the 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 movie will be called Green Lantern, and the series will be called Green Lantern Corps. Um, and then in Green Lantern movie, if you don't know, it's, it will be the buddy cop adventure of Hal Jordan and John Stewart. I cannot wait to hear the fucking cries on Twitter of dumbasses saying which one's the real Green Lantern. Uh, and in Green Lantern Corps, <laughs> you have uh, Guy Gardner. Alan Scott and an original character, and I believe Jessica Cruz will be there as well. Stupid. Still so don't understand. I, I don't understand that at all. Why? Why are they trying? Why are you folding Alan Scott into the core? Yeah, that that I mean, I'm very. Curious, I don't but, care. The like, he might part that pisses me off part is of the there's 1940s. a million lanterns to choose from. Why do we need an original character? Yeah. Yeah. Why is Kyle Rayner not showing up on this show? Yeah, it's not important enough. He's not <laughs> you shut your enough. dirty um, mouth. He is the torchbearer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, but to be fair though, if they're starting a new Lantern franchise, starting with Kyle Rayner would be kind of tough because Kyle Rayner's yeah. story begins with the end of the core, right? Yeah. So if you're going to introduce him, it's not going to be the same Kyle Rayner. It's going to be a very different version. That is very true. Because um, yeah, then you have to talk about with parallax and it's like, oh my god, this is too much. That's a lot. Yeah, um, especially if you're starting with a new movie that is featuring Hal Jordan. You yeah. skip to the end where he's corrupted. It's like yeah, we just got one movie with him. Come on. Yeah. Um, and as of yet, we still only have casting for Guy Gardner and Alan Scott, mm-hmm. both of which look really good. Uh, River oh, has man, it that, so... that Alan Scott's story will take place in the past, so that it's going to be loosely connected. Where he's he's not going to be ring slinging with Guy Gardner or anything. See that I can get on board with. Yeah, um, but that's just hearsay. That's not confirmed. I really hope they See, don't induct him into the core or anything. My concern and this, this new is... OC. I hope is not an Earth Lantern. Make her an alien. Oh, that's all no. I ask. Yeah, yeah, and I do hope Jessica Cruz is there. Um, they're going to bring Alan Scott in because they want the the diversity there. Um, it would make sense. You've got your four staples. You've got you've got a female. You've got the original. You've got the African American Black Lantern. Now you're going to bring in the gay Black Lantern. I hate to say that they're taking off boxes, but that's what it kind of feels like. Um, yeah. But 
the the problem that I have with that is okay. Like initially, I'm like, uh, how are you going to make this work? But if they if they are cutting the stories up and like throwing them in different time periods, that could work. But how do you do that? Because what our 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 streaming service sh- sh- shows usually run on an average of like eight episodes. So yeah. um, do we have these episodes spliced up and going back and forth between the characters? Or do we have episodes where it's predominantly focusing on just one character? And if that's the case, we're not going to get a lot of any of them. And that feels like it feels like sacrificing and compromising just to be able to shove as much into it as possible. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it anyway, that we're, they're going to try and put a bunch in there and it's just not going to land because there's not enough of the individual pieces. What I could see it being, um, just knowing it's going to be HBO max centric and it is a Greg Berlanti spearhead. Uh, It's, it's going to be very drama filled and character driven, and there's not going to be a lot of superpowers until later in the season. (laughs) Very much like Titan. (laughs) <laughs> look how happy you just oh made Brandon, dude. Look how look at him. He's beaming <laughs> with, with, with happiness. Just such a fucking drag. Oh <laughs> it's dark and gritty, baby. It's good. It's gonna be like like four or five episodes before they even discover what a lantern is. It's just gonna be like, oh, Guy Gardner hates his his parents and he doesn't want to be a cop. And then it's gonna be Alan Scott is working in it, working on a train. This is fascinating, except it's yeah. not. That's and why the origins are usually pretty short. Four episode story about part. how in the yeah. 1940s you had to hide how you were gay, and they're running around and uh, hiding it. That and... that will be in there, you know. That will. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. Uh, well, which you know, I mean, not at least a bad to... thing, but it's going to be stretched out to infinity. It's, they're going to drag it out. No. I can tell. Yeah, yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be four We've... or five episodes before they even get to the train crash. And then it's going to be an extra two episodes where he discovers how to make the ring work. And then finally, in the eighth and, and last episode of the season, he'll make the, you know, the classic Green Lantern costume. And that'll be season and one. If, if, if that'll we be have, season if, one. Yeah, if we have eight episodes of an origin story for them, I'm going to be so You know so it's going to be that. You know aggravated. it's going to be that. I, I, oh, jeez. So then yeah, season two, that. you'll finally get you know, maybe a little bit of ring slinging, and then that's it. There's going to be a nod to Guy Gardner's jacket, and then maybe. Oh my God, no! I could see worst case, we're going to see them picking thing. and choosing from their past <laughs> and shit. And yeah. Guy will be a guy that owns the bar named Warriors, but this is pre him being coming a Green Lantern. Yeah. Alan Scott could be moved up to the future still, and just shown. I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities, and that that makes me nervous. Well, there, there, yeah. I mean, the JSA characters are ageless, so thankfully, that, that's one thing where they don't have to like move them to the future or anything. They could just say, "Yeah, Alan Scott's a hundred years old. Like, whatever. He yeah. he has a ring that keeps him young. Got it." But yeah. I just I don't I don't want to see extended scenes of like boring, unimportant, stupid drama of, of him in the past. You know, working as a engineer or whatever and oh i i i like this guy but i can't let anyone know because it's the 1940s and they'll judge me and 
I mean, all that stuff's fine, but it's like it's not really what you want to see in a Green Lantern show. Yeah, not not so not with something with such limited screen time for each yeah. individual character. And exactly. and the last person I want to see handle something like that is Greg fucking Berlanti. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very much. But so. that's that's the thing. WB does not have enough <sighs> competent executives in their stable right now. Yeah. Oh, and then we're gonna end up with another will they or won't they arrow in Felicity kind of situation uh, forever. God damn it no. <laughs> That's what I'm uh, smelling. Uh, but here here's a question that might make you guys also cringe. We read an amazing comic book, at least I thought it was pretty amazing. Black Adam number one. And since we are talking about Alan Scott. There's a reason to connect him to that movie. It, the Black Adam movie seems to want to set up and introduce, maybe drum up some support for a Justice Society movie. Yeah. Um, now, would you guys be interested in seeing this somehow tie to that? Do we want to see what is kind of being presented as a space cop kind of thing still, if I'm not mistaken? Do we want to see that tied to like the almost mythological presentation that we're getting from black adam i'm all for it It, if they connect it properly that's fine on one condition all the noobs out there stop saying that adam smasher stole deadpool's mask oh my god yes because he didn't jesus christ guys yeah it's it's a fucking (laughs) costume there's only so many different ways you can make it make sense the if you ever see them behind the scenes it's not the full mask the eyes just pop off that's why yeah. it has those lines <laughs> around it. They just pop the eyes off so they can see okay. That's that's it. Yeah. He didn't steal shit. <laughs> what other talking about that uh, that what was it like the JJ Abrams Justice League Dark movie or some some nonsense like that? And oh, you I, know what would be really cool I, about that is what? if they didn't make it. <laughs> that would be really cool. It would be really cool. And and I'm still hoping that that never comes to fruition, but I, I don't um, know how you can make Justice League dark with so many lens flares. It's, it's Christ. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't I don't know. see Doctor Fate's helmet. Yeah. It would be too I'm, shiny. I've I've always had this crazy idea that I mean, because you know, Alan Scott's powers aren't really connected to the core. It's the Star Heart, which is more magical than it is willpower. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So I always had the idea that like Alan feels like he should be more with. I mean, the JSA obviously, but. If you were to branch him out a little bit, I, I don't know. I, I always had this crazy idea that you could try him out on the Justice League Dark, like just to see. As a, that as really a magic, wouldn't be that bad of an yeah, idea. As a, yeah, as a magic really cool. themed character and someone who has experience at both being a part of the Justice Society of America and Checkmate, maybe, you know, try and branch him out a little bit. Like, hey, I'm going to be, you know, calling the shots on the Justice League Dark for a little bit, maybe co leading alongside Zatanna or something. Um, but just just put him in like the magical realm, or or I don't know, resurrect Shadow Pact and have him, you know, with with Blue Devil and Enchantress or something. But if you were gonna do a, a Justice League Dark movie, maybe that could be a way to bring in Alan Scott. I don't know, just a thought. I'm I don't I'm want JJ Abrams Justice to do League it. Dark but, movie. Yeah, I just yeah. don't want. I just do not want JJ Abrams no, to do it. No, <laughs> not at all. Especially Not if it's going to be a trilogy all. of movies, because I suspect he'll do the first one and then he'll leave and then he'll come back for a terrible third one. <laughs> and none yes. of it will make any sense. Yes. Yep. That's the way it'll go. Although it would be I'm very jumping. entertaining. Yeah, it'd be very entertaining nope. to see Ryan Johnson direct Justice. The Star. <laughs> oh God. He could play it out like the Star Trek ones, where the first two were decent, <laughs> oh and then the third one is is directed by a guy that did a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. 
Because it's about family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Into Darkness was just kind of a rehash of Rathicon, but whatever. It's not important. Um, speaking of uh, um, J.J. Abrams, which takes me into thinking about Star Trek, and that took me into thinking about Star Wars, and that took me into thinking about Taco Batiti, he is getting a Star Wars movie, and apparently... From what he's saying, it is not going to be attached to the Skywalker saga. It's going to be all Thanks. brand new characters, all um, uh, extended universe uh, going past anything we've seen. So it's going to be like a fresh start, which brings up all kinds of potential, but also allows it to fall flat on its face. I don't know. How do you guys feel about Takabutiti in this particular franchise? And where I'm do you think I'm kind of done with Star Wars movies at this point. Like yeah. Mandalorian was good. It was a great like Western style show. I don't need to see another fucking bloated big budget movie. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, so you haven't seen any Obi Wan Kenobi? I have not, but I, I'm I'm will check it out at some point. Uh, don't waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's no purpose to this show whatsoever, really? which is a shame. I was really excited about uh, it. Yeah, I was happy to see Ewan McGregor was back. I mean, he was yeah. arguably the best part of the the. Uh, that's the whole movie. thing. is just nostalgia, really. Yeah. Is the whole purpose. I see. Now Isaiah has tried to sell me on getting me to watch it because he said like the the beginning of it is very rough. The middle is kind of mediocre, and by the end, it's like, well, hell yeah. So, is that not the case? I was I was talking to Isaiah about that today, and him and I had the opposite opinion. Where I was, I was legit the opposite. I was all for it at the beginning, and then as time went on, I was like, "What what's happening here? Okay, like, <laughs> this character's in danger. No, they're in another movie. They're not in danger. Don't lie to me. Like that's the problem with prequels with characters that were main characters in later things. Like you yeah. try to build suspense and action, but you know nothing's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, do we think that the frequent collaborator in Deadpool movies and uh, um, obviously in the Thor films, do we think that he could handle? Uh, how do you think he would do in us in the Star Wars franchise? I think he could handle it. I don't think he'd be a good fit because yes. his, his stuff is very over the top and silly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, he can definitely do some dark content. He, he's got range to his style, but... It it might be a bit overzealous, especially if it's a new overzealous. Trilogy. Like I, I don't think that's gonna fly with people. Yeah, he likes to be a bit outside of the is, box and a little different. Yeah, he, from what I hear, he might even be doing officially episode ten, eleven, and twelve. Oh, which was initially going to Ryan Johnson, but then mm -hmm. he's to my knowledge. Away. To my knowledge, Disney has stepped away, and and the Skywalker saga is done for. Well, the, yes. the Skywalker Sorry, saga was I... always done in Episode Nine, but they were still going ahead with ten, eleven, and twelve, because that that was far beyond anything George Lucas. George Lucas planned out nine movies. Uh, yeah, and then but they they, they scrapped his fucking ideas because they were too then, weird. Yeah, so so they still want to do ten, eleven, and twelve yeah. as main series Star Wars movies. But it's going to be you, if, a new if it's not chapter. related. If it's not related to them, then how do you call it 10, 11, and 12? Well, that's the idea. It's where you have like Solo and you have Rogue One, they're more side stories. But then, and the Mandalorian and Obi Wan, they're side stories. They're not main series events. So the idea that they're going for that 
when they have chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12, it's the main focus of what's going on in the story. But it's it's like a book, like you had the Skywalker book, and now this is the next book. But it's yeah. part 10, part 11, part 12 of the Star Wars saga, uh, where this is well, the main story, and then anything around it will be side story stuff. Is it, is it kind of like yeah. like Dune, like after the Atreides, the main like Atreides stories ended? I know they did like the other books with like his son or something. Like they're the first yeah. six books, and that's like the classic saga and then there's a bunch of other stuff that came after yeah you know that same kind of vein mm. um but i don't see it, if this is what it is if, if taika waititi if what i heard is right that he's getting that trilogy then i don't know i don't know that they even really need to do it because I I, if taika, yeah. taika waititi says he's going to follow extended canon and and source material well, what does that uh, mean? Though? According to the, like the, the classic the Lucasfilm president, there is no source material. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. It can't. Yeah, no, they, they, that stuff doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. It's all been done away with. Legacies yeah. is over with. Um, yeah. So yeah, to my understanding, it's first. I would say <laughs> if 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 it's not a part of the same story, then you don't get to call it ten and eleven and twelve because that's just dumb. It, it, it give it a new title. Um, mostly because when episode 10 rolls around, people are going to be like, well, what the hell? This doesn't have anything to do with that. And it's automatically going to get hate. Uh, two, um, if we're going extended universe, I think it would be really cool to see what he could maybe do just building off of some side characters. But those side characters, there would have to be somebody in relative proximity to him, to them, the character that was outlandish and zany because he's got to have that in his movie somehow. That's just, it's just what he does. I don't know. Um, I just, I think like the reason that his style worked so well with Thor was because Thor had kind of been like the stoic, you know, kind of reserved character. He had his comedic moments here and there, but I feel like it works. Cause like the first movie was kind of whatever, like it's fine, but nothing too memorable. And then dark world is just, a mess or it's not I even really asleep. accurate to call it yeah it's really boring <laughs> it's just really boring but all Ragnarok, three times i, think, I tried to watch it yeah, i fell asleep it's it's yeah it's really boring and they're trying to bring in like the other world shit no one cared um like the dark elves like who even gives a crap um but i think ragnarok looked because cool. it was like it was so different stylistically from what was already established with thor that people were willing to latch onto it which i think works if you have you know characters that kind of have an established voice but if you're talking about a new trilogy with potentially new characters i just don't know how well that's going to land with people yeah uh, which brings me to my third one and that my third the third point and concern about this is if we uh, he likes to take things in a different direction and he does like to, to, to I mean he I, I love him. I, I think I think the majority of everything he does is great. Yeah. But I don't know if you guys saw uh, Jojo Rabbit. That was yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny from what I remember. It's been a while since that came out. So very, very dark comedy, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's a dark comedy, but it was pretty good, man. Um, but uh I, I'm worried what like what if we get something like the Chronicles of Jar Jar? I, yeah, I don't think if they make bad, him a but... Sith master, I'm all oh my for god. It. That's the only I can thing see I want. Dude, 
going with that. There are a scary amount of videos on the internet that are related to Darth Jar Jar, like a concerning amount to the point where I'm like, all accurate. I know, but I'm like, do you do you not have other things in your life that you want to do? Like, please do anything else, literally anything else. I don't need to see another fucking theory video about Darth Jar Jar because he voted in favor of Palpatine in the Senate. But there's yeah, no um, way he dodged all those laser blasts and defeated yeah. those stormtroopers by himself oh if he didn't God. have the force. It, uh, it could... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> and that, that. That's that's where everything kind of falls apart. So, I mean, if, if, if you attach it to the Skywalker saga, it is going to be held up to the highest amount of scrutiny and if you don't have it attached to the skywalker saga are people even going to want to see it yeah i i kind of agree with tevin here that uh i mean yeah a lot of the side stories have come from the skywalker saga or at least are branching out from some other story or something like that but i yeah i just don't think a larger audience like a a film going audience is going to want to see a movie that has nothing to do with, you know, the Skywalker line or whatever. Now, I would pick one particular point of of, of, of time in the Star Wars universe that I think would be fucking cool, and that's the Old Republic. Yeah. That's yeah. That's Although, I, yeah, I just, I don't think anything's going to top the Old Republic games. Those are like, those those are the example of what you do with, like, the canon, but... yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm specifically thinking of not, not Knights of the Old Republic, which, admittedly, I would, I would still go watch, and hands down, those are amazing games. But if they brought the storyline out of Star Wars: The Old Republic, where it's 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 like way back, um, pre Empire, and it's it's so good. Yeah, they're doing. But don't like get me wrong, like give me Revan. I want some stories with Revan in it, and I think they're doing like the Marvel's doing it right now. I don't even know what it's called. I'm gonna look it up. I I just know because we we get all the review copies for them, and I never read. Um, But it's like, um, oh, here it is: the the High Republic. Oh yeah, not at all. Yeah, it's it's like it's basically like it's um, it's baby's first Old Republic. Because they don't want to. Do it. <laughs> they're they're trying to go, go for like the similar thing of like you know a time before a time like the the like the high age of the Jedi Order, but um, it's yeah I I don't know I read that first one and I was like I don't I don't care about this at all. So the the only counterpoint I can have to the idea that it needs to be tied to the Skywalker saga for it to be good is the Mandalorian, where it. It did not really have a tie to Skywalker <laughs> until the end of season two. Uh, nope. It's uh, the Mandalorian. I started out watching it. I watched all of it. And for me, I was I was into it. I thought it was a good show. Um, but by the end of it, it kind of did the whole. Um, it was like basketball, like how I've lost complete interest in basketball because oh, yeah. they've turned into three hour long uh, tennis shoe commercials. Um, I felt like about halfway through the about halfway through the show, it turned into a commercial for Baby Yoda toys, and I just I kind of lost interest. It felt disingenuous, yeah. like a, like a half-hearted story put together. The idea was great, I a hundred percent 
I, the idea, the premise of the story was really good execution. I felt like it just kind of yeah. really floundered there. And what, what sold it for me was the character moments that you have like that yeah. dinger and, and all the people he met. And that, that's, that was what sold the show on me. Maybe Yoda cute and all. I could give two shits about Grogu though. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's definitely the second main character, but fuck the toys. Like for me, it was at least for the first season, every episode was about the characters he interacted with. And, yeah. and that was the heart of the story. And the side story was what he was doing with Grogu. Yeah. Also, the, yeah, no. the Luke Skywalker. I haven't even seen season two, but I saw the clip on YouTube, and yeah. like, I don't know what kind of effects they were using. I know they they had like some it kind was of odd. Yeah, they they had like some kind of like facial technology where they got an actor that kind of looks like a young Mark Hamill, and then like digitally inserted his face on top of him, and it was so deep fake. It was awkward. Yeah, it was like uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. awkward's a better word. It was like awkward to watch. Yeah. Um, like they did on Stranger Things with Eleven towards the uh, at the last end of this past season, part one of this past season, yeah. they they deep faked their own face onto well, uh, so in, in Seven's case, they deep faked her face onto a little kid. This one, they deep faced uh, deep fake Mark Hamill's face onto somebody much thinner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If if you are going to go into the future, though, you definitely need it. It doesn't need to be directly tied to the Skywalker saga, but you definitely need some kind of connection for it to yeah. be relevant. I mean, I wouldn't um, mind that. Like, if it was if it was really far into the future, like let's say a thousand years into the future, a generation in the future, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a, a new Jedi Order, a rebuilt one, but um, you know, just a, a really different perspective because now their sense of history is the Skywalker saga, as opposed to the Skywalker saga sense of history being like, you know, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi days. And yeah. That could be kind of interesting. Like that could be it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing someone try that. I just, I don't know that I would want to watch a film based around that. I, I would have to, I mean, it would have to have like a really interesting um, uh, director attached and, and a really interesting hook for the story because yeah. that, that's just like a plot or, or that that's just like a description of the world. That's not really a story. Can you see the word scrolling for an old Republic movie and to differentiate it? It says a long, 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 long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would just, you know, it'd be like a, a generation has passed after the events of the First Order's defeat and the Republic is rebuilt. For the thirtieth time, and the Jedi Order is is once again the respected, you know, uh, authority in the land, and like that whole thing, and like yeah, that's that's. And Ray founded it. Yeah, like yeah, a, a generation ago, <laughs> Ray founded the new Jedi Order, and since then it has flourished. Cool, but what I don't do you think do very that? many people would be happy with. Yeah, that. it's like no, that would be very counterintuitive to whatever <laughs> plot they pulled out of Episode Nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's something. Like, I don't, I feel like Star Wars doesn't have a ton of ideas for a big budget movie left anymore. I mean, yeah. there are things that you could no. do, but frankly, I just don't know that there's a ton of them that people want to see. I'm all for it to take a pulse from extended canon because there is a lot, a lot, a lot of comic books and video games and novels and all sorts of shit, fanfic for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh like r2d2 banging an ewok who knows yeah uh just 
to pull from. Angar. To make some kind of story that might be cohesive. uh, And just let, let Kathleen Kennedy read some of it before she opens her mouth again yeah well i know like the the whole like <laughs> you know luke and uh and mara jade stuff like all that's out the um yeah they've eliminated I mean, so much already yeah like well so it's it's weird because i was i was thinking about this the other day i think it was jeremy or, or someone in the chat who or in our discord who was talking about like the the old extended universe stuff and i was like uh, jeremy and i were talking about yeah it. It and i was like I, I only remember seeing that because, and this will probably make you guys feel old, so I apologize in advance, but I remember uh, in elementary school, and I, I wanted to look it up to see if they had it, they had oh, the crap. old, like, 2004 or 2005 copy of the, like, Star Wars glossary or something, and when you flip to the end, when it was done with the original trilogy and everything, um, they had, like, some of the extended universe stuff, so that's when I remembered seeing it, when I was, like, in first grade or something and i apologize if that makes you feel dated i'm sorry (laughs) but but that's like that's like the stuff that i remember so um when they when they kind of like said all that stuff was scrapped it was kind of sad because like um some of that stuff was interesting like i remember luke and or not luke uh, leia and han had like kids that went on to found like a new jedi order there was like interesting stuff there and yeah i don't know they never really did anything with it after it all got scrapped so if they were to bring it back, I know it wouldn't really work with the whole new canon, but I don't know. It, it could be interesting to see it again. Maybe do some some new content there or something. Yeah, I I, I don't know much about extended uh, universe or canon or anything, <laughs> but I do remember uh, a random issue of a Marvel comic. I'm pretty sure it was a Marvel Star Wars comic that had uh, post episode six Luke's son as a bounty hunter. And oh, that was fucking name? rad. Um, damn it, that it actually is a good story, and I can't yeah. remember the name of the character. Um, they started with a J. Mm-hmm. Ooh, can't I can't remember. Yeah. My little brother put me on it, and it it was it was a it was a hell of a story, and it was in both comic books and the novels, if I'm not right. mistaken. Is yeah. the uh, is the Force Unleashed stuff still canon, or did that get wiped too? I don't even know. I don't know if it was everything, ever officially canon. Okay. Yeah, everything everything that's extended outside of what you that, saw in the films is not yeah. a part of the story anymore. Because okay. I, I thought I thought I saw somewhere that like Star Killer was had been a part of the universe now or something, but maybe not. I don't know. I just yeah, really like it. It's game. been wearing a costume that looks like Jar Jar Pings. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but then he wouldn't be a Sith. Huh. Be a Plot twist. It's it's Darth Star Killer. Yeah. Uh, I had that they had like that. I don't know if I don't remember if it was like a DLC or if it was just a part of the game, but that was another one where it's like they had um a version of, of Leia who basically became a Jedi, which I think they kind of folded into the third uh or the ninth Star Wars movie, but that was a cool kind idea. Kind of sort of where, yeah. yeah, like it, yeah. I mean it was it was a fight, but what I um, understand. Yeah, it was, it was a cool idea where Starkiller goes against like a, a Jedi trained Leia. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. That would have been cool. Yeah. It would have been a way better introduction of Leia's uh, force sensitivity uh, than what we. Than a crappy flashback in 
your that wasn't even the flashback. Movie. It was her floating in space, oh, and creepily opening her eyes and, and flying to the ship oh. like Emperor fucking Palpatine over here. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <sighs> but if if you're gonna do a connection, if you're gonna do ten, eleven, and twelve, and you're gonna have some kind of connection, mm-hmm. you have to have Ray Palpatine. That's the only oh, way God. it can really fucking work at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Yeah. And yeah. um oops. Whoopsie. I don't know about you guys, but we have been sitting in here talking for about four and a half hours oh now. So yeah. It's been quite a while and my tummy is rumbling yeah. and I hate to cut it short because I have been having so much fun um, uh, being able to sit here and bullshit with you guys. That's the fun part when, when we get to go off the rails instead of talking about the comics. Don't get me wrong, okay. comic books. I love reviewing you and, and, and telling you how great and or horrible you are. But... um. It's 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 getting to sit around and bullshit about all things nerd, and yeah, that is ex- forward to. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what you get every single day when you are hanging out in our Discord chat because we're all just a bunch of nerds. There's about twenty of us that hang out in there as it stands, mm-hmm. and uh, we talk about all kinds of dorky shit, debating things about Star Wars, DC Comics, movies in general. And and off the wall shit. We had a big old thread about the Mandela effect here about a month ago, and that was, yeah. uh, that, was that that led to a pretty interesting conversation. <laughs> Every day yeah. there's something going on. Yeah, yeah. We talk about Star going. Wars. We talk about Mandela effect. We talk about hot dogs, a sandwich or not? Yeah. Yeah. taking the classics. Oh yeah. We didn't, we didn't even talk about uh, Gotham Knights. We'll have to do that some other time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we need to for sure. I mean, there's there's um, not much to talk about yet. Yeah. Still, well, <laughs> yeah. we didn't we didn't really get to like debrief on the gameplay footage. Or at least yeah. Did I didn't even <laughs> really watch much of it because it was not <laughs> interesting to me. It looked yeah, very fair. dull. But anyway, so far, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm 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 sitting here by myself thinking, I really wanted to get the Sonic the Hedgehog treatment, where they oh, go yeah. back in they and they do they just reskin everything and make it look a whole fucking lot better than their first attempt. That's what they need to do because I feel like I'm looking at an alpha release, not something that's about to come out. Yeah, although I, wise. I think I think story wise, I'm just I'm still really excited for like. The Court of Owls because I I do think yeah. that's that's such a great villain to bring into any Batman thing anywhere. Um, and, you know, for sure. Crossed. Shout out to Scott Snyder. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed for the <laughs> next movie. Everyone wants it to happen. Yeah, but, uh, we'll see if it does. The the, the gameplay Ooh. trailer did confirm a fear I had. Mm-hmm. While a lot of the the side skins do look good, the old costumes, yeah. it yeah. it's getting the Marvel's Avengers treatment where all the skins yeah. are just original shit or recolors of skins you already have despite the fact that in the comics and cartoons and and movies there's dozens of original costume ideas right there to pull from and they're not going to do a single one should have brought in greg capula to do more designs um, oh man that would have cost them more money he could have had greg capula he could save everything series nightwing yeah. He could have had Rick or not Rick Grayson. Oh sorry. my god! Some people were asking for Rick Grayson. You, you could have had just Grayson, like Agent uh, Agent Thirteen. Those I think people need to go away. Yeah, yeah. Like there's so many just for him. And then Red Hood has like five fucking costumes with a brown jacket. Like it's Gotta so have easy. Stylistic choices. Yeah. <laughs> 
but um, that is something we will definitely get into. We, we, if I'm not, we could have a surprise meeting recording tomorrow. We don't know yet. So uh, check back soon. And I'm sure we will throw it up on Twitter if we are going to have that. Uh, unfortunately, we, were, we weren't able to have Nathan join us on the show today. So we may, we may make room for that. We did happen to have a chance. Tevin, thank Tevin P. Thank you so much for yeah. hanging out with us for nearly the entire four and a half hours that we've been gabbing and talking and 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 you know blowing steam out of our asses here <laughs> it has been a hell of a time i have enjoyed it i know that uh i'm assuming you guys have to and i wish that we got to do this more often Definitely. Yeah, all right well and uh again thank you tevin and everyone else out there that was listening and or going to be watching this video on youtube or listening on spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts Thank you very much. Remember to come on over and support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash notarobotpodcast.com and you can sign up for a membership for $5 a month. Get into that Discord where we're always moving out or just give us a simple donation and make the same thing happen. And with that, there is only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other and don't be a robot. Thanks, guys.